to the Best Picture cast. I'm your host, Kieran B. I completed my goal of watching every Oscar Best Picture winner ever and decided to start a podcast to review each one, each episode myself, and revolving co-hosts will discuss, assess, and evaluate a different Best Picture winner with the goal to establish a ranking for the entire list. This is not a who-should-have-won podcast. We're here to discuss the inner circle of movies who took home the crown in their respective years. As a disclaimer, this is an opinion-based podcast and a subjective discussion by movie enthusiasts who don't claim to be trained experts. If we destroy your favorite movie or praise a movie you think is trash, we encourage you to write us in at our email, which is bestpicturepodcast at yahoo.com. Find us on our social media accounts at bestpicturecast. That's going to be Twitter. That's going to be Facebook or Instagram, bestpicturecast. And we're back. We're back to round out a season here. We're in the 15th episode of our third season, our 45th Best Picture winner. Very exciting stuff. And if you've been with us from the start, if you're a a weekly listener, or if this is uh, just the first time you're stumbling upon this, we really appreciate it if you go and uh, write us a nice little review if it's something you like. Give us a little rating. That helps a lot. That helps visibility. That helps us find more people like yourselves. As things are growing and we're having more and more fun with this, we want to just uh, make sure we're, we're getting this out to the people who, who are best conditioned to enjoy it. So please help us out, rate, review, and do all that. And as I said, this is the end of the season. I have two gentlemen here who, uh, who completed... a experience to trio around here where the three of us have been on quite a few of these so far we'll introduce them now and we'll start with joey r joey how are you uh happy to be here um this is our 45th best picture but it's our 82nd episode 82nd release which is a lot of content and you know there's a lot to get to so thanks for taking coming this far but absolutely fantastic approaching that triple digit number there is a Joey's our in-house statistician, so he's he keeps me up to date on all the spreadsheets and all the all the info that we uh, we can explore our ourselves with. So, uh, and also with us today we have returning to the podcast Chris G. Chris, welcome back. Yeah, thanks for having me. Glad to be back. Uh, this is gonna be a fun one. Not not one from the 1930s, so I'm excited. More, <laughs> yeah. more contemporary. You know? I gotta hit you up with one of these one of these days again. We gotta. <laughs> you've heard I haven't, you've heard I haven't really rung you up. What yeah, he likes here. to you know torture me every once in a while. You know. <laughs> Well, we are at the end of the season, which means we will be having our rankings episode coming up. And Chris, you uh, were on our season one and season two rankings, so you have some work to do coming into this this third season here. You got some movies to watch, so that'll be plenty of torture there for you. Yep, I got some time on my hands coming up, so uh, yeah, I'm gonna bang them all out. You'll be uh, riding with the chariots of fire and dancing around with Tom Jones. You already took the balloon ride with Around the World in 80 Days. That's uh, a big one to get past. Already just watched uh, Grand Hotel, and he actually enjoyed it, so that gave me some hope. That, okay, uh, that's know. good. Yeah, they just added that to HBO Max, so it's yeah. easy to access at least. This trio here is becoming kind of one of the more frequent ones, which is kind of funny to think the about. The third most. Is that right? Yeah, see, he's got the stats yeah. ready to go. Look at that. But we were first together on the Silence of the Lambs yeah. episode. We've done uh, the two Thanksgiving specials, Shawshank Redemption and Stand By Me. We were on the Back to the Future honorary episode, and we did the Around the World in 80 Days. So uh, we were going to have Oz with us today. He unfortunately couldn't make it last minute. And I think that's what happened with the Around the World in 80 Days episode. I think Brendan B. was supposed to be there yeah. for that. He couldn't make it last second. This this trio just keeps coming together. Uh, it's meant this, to be. There's that's something right. meant to be about it. I love it. I always it. have a great time recording with the two of you. So as much as I miss Oz... Yes, yes, good stuff. And uh, at the time of this recording, we just released 
the first few brackets of both the rom-com and the sports movie tournament. That's awesome. So no movies have officially been eliminated yet. So uh, by the given some. Although the, the writing is on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Look who's talking is getting about as much love as we predicted. That's, that's, that's exactly right. And we have uh, also uh, the, it, the day that this, is, this comes out will be the day after the Oscars. Yes. Uh, so hopefully everyone enjoyed the show at this point. Hopefully we enjoyed the show. I mean, I don't know. There's uh, a new winner at this time. You're hearing this. You it, know, it can't be worse than the the, the show last year. That was a rough. So, some of these teased Amy Schumer jokes make me very nervous about how awful <laughs> this is going to be. Well, we're speaking in a time machine now because you will have all heard all those Amy Schumer jokes already. <laughs> but hopefully, if you listen to our Oscar preview episode with Kier and I and Adam. Of Rewind twenty five fifty two. That's there. You can if you haven't heard that yet, you can go back and see what what hot takes we got right, and hot takes we got wrong. We're that's mostly not a prediction show, but a just an opinion show. What we would have given a spoiler the free to. opinion show that. Yeah, so if you're looking to go and watch some of those that that were awarded last night, you can go check that out. And by now, there's a ninety fourth movie to the list. So another uh, movie in the mix. Will it be uh, something we predicted or something that was a surprise? Well, you know, as you're listening to this, you know we don't. Oh, I should I should say too. Those tournaments should still be running at this point. So get out there and vote. Go to Twitter. Check those out, guys. Like I said, no movie's been eliminated yet. How are you guys feeling on the early on about some of some of your picks here in this thing? I'm feeling confident. Some movies. More than others, obviously, but I think a couple of my picks could go really far, so I'm excited. Yeah, I know. Moneyball was uh, was in one of those early releases and seems yeah, to be rocking and rolling. It's got a hot start, and uh, I, it, I'm realizing that it's a really beloved movie. Like, people really enjoy that one, so that might get go pretty far. Mm, yeah, and in the rom-com one, two of my uh, hot my top picks are already rolling right now, so Hopefully they're still alive by the time you hear this. That will be Forgetting Sarah Marshall and Groundhog Day. Both look like they're going yeah. to advance. Particularly like Groundhog Day because Grant gave me such a hard time about that pick. <laughs> so it would have been a horrible, horrible first pick overall if uh, I took it overall. But I don't he did know. say that. Um, you know, I have one pick in each draft that I'm feeling good about. I'm really questioning my others. But, you know, I picked movies that I love and stand by. And that's... Ultimately, you kind of have to because if they do yeah. win and you pick them, yeah, you don't really about like it. it's like, oh, now I gotta do an episode on it. It's yeah, like, so that's that. what I've always done, but I think this time I might have gotten ahead of myself. But whatever, I like I like the movies I picked. I had also, fun. You never know never what's gonna know. do well or not. I mean, I'm, I've given up trying to figure it out. Yeah. This twins, is, yeah, twins, twins. What won. is this? Our sixth or seventh one yeah. of these? And every time we're we're just grasping at straws. Yeah. Like, it's it's just, the, you just never know. One of the two, you know, I, I have. Um, Ten Things I Hate About You and Mighty Ducks. I'm confident in both. There's a good chance one of them doesn't make it out of the first round. I, I mean, my wife loves Ten Things I Hate About You. I, I mean, she wanted me to pick that as, like, my first pick. So uh, I think that'll do. Yeah, well. but, you know, anything can happen. But, I, you know, it's just fun. And uh, I can't wait to see what goes yeah, on. Yeah, we'll catch the episodes, yeah. And you can vote for these. The tournament should still be going well, this by point, the time you're this. Instagram, too, right? Yeah, so just follow us at Best Picture Cast at either Twitter or Instagram. All the information's there. And, and get your voice out there and add to the... To the votes. So today, as we record this today, it's uh, we're we're right around St. Patrick's, or the day before St. Patrick's Day. By the time we're done recording here, it'll probably be St. Patrick's <laughs> Day. The way these things go, and uh, we wanted to get green for St. Patrick's Day, and green book it is. That's uh, that's where we're going with this. How green is my valley was already done earlier on this season, so we uh, we went with green book. Seems. But actually, one of the real reasons that we picked green book for this one is that when we started doing this. We were a little unsure how to handle the movies that win Best Picture as we're doing the podcast. Like, we don't want to necessarily, like, do 
the Parasite episode a couple of weeks after Parasite wins because we want to see a little bit how it ages. We, you, know, because, you need you need that space. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when you're living in it, sometimes you think it's the greatest thing in the world, or you think it's 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 you it's a weird one. Or you do. Because you do. I think Parasite, as much as people liked it at that time, I think so many people have gone to watch it now, and I now I think it just. All these years later, I think it keeps going up and up in the overall rankings because yeah. I think more and more people are being exposed to it. Where and other times it goes, it's like, what were we thinking here? Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and some of them, some some movies age really well, mm-hmm. and some of them, I mean, age like milk. I mean, like, <laughs> we've talked about a few of them. Yeah, one absolutely. in particular, uh, uh, one that aged horribly is, you know, Crash. We, st- I mean, that's the number one that people still talk about. And if we had done that, up, let's say we had been on at the time and we had done that episode, who knows what we would have said about yeah. it. Right that's a good point. Yeah, that's a very good point. Because that was also kind of an upset win, so right. there might have been some fun in the room still with, oh, this, you know, this we didn't right. know what was going to happen in this one. So you don't want to be, when we're doing these deep dives, we don't want to be reacting to the awards ceremony. Right. We right. want to talk about the movie. And one of the, so one of the things we set up is, is we're using the Jenga rule, where you can't pull the block until it's the third row. You know, you can't just pull it, you can't pull it <laughs> yeah. off the top. So we're waiting three Oscars yeah. down. So... Yeah. Once, now that we know that this Oscars is good, Green Book is in the clear, we can do that. Right around Oscar ceremony next year, we'll do Parasite, and then so on. So I'm going to ask you guys a little bit about what your first experience was with this movie. This is the most recent movie we've done so far. I think maybe 12 Years a Slave might have been the yeah, other that one. Was the other that one. was the most recent. Yeah, but this is, by a, a good margin, this is the most recent one. So yeah. it'll be interesting as we talk about some of the... Some of the current events and all that, uh, how, how close we were to it, and our memories are probably fresh on a lot of these things. I want to talk about what we're drinking first. So, Chris, why don't you kick us off here? What'd you bring for the, uh, for, uh, the, for the party? I picked something specifically for this movie. We're on a road trip. Kieran, we've been on a few road trips now. Rain Man. Around uh, the World in 80 Days. Around yeah. the World in 80 Days. <laughs> Back to the Future. Uh, Back to the Future, that's true. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. The one we the stand by me. Did. Stand by me. Stand so by we've me. We've been on a lot of road trips together. Yeah. yeah. The other, the other ones are the opposite of road trips. People being locked in cells. Silence of the Lambs and Shawshank yeah. Redemption. Exactly. Um, so I picked something for a road trip. Two Roads Brewery, and it's a it. uh, Road to Ruin double IPA for our our little road trip here. So uh, love hopefully, it. Hopefully, hopefully this. This trip doesn't ruin me at nine percent or whatever this thing is. But, that, that's a hefty one. Uh, this is an RDB beer. And, it's an RDB uh, I gotta, beer. I gotta be careful not to turn into a gremlin, you know. RDBV. <laughs> <laughs> and that's from your home state of Connecticut. It right? is absolutely. Yeah. It's a great brewery. It's a, is it a really cool stuff. Uh, no, uh, it's a little bit more north. I think you can take the Bridgeport ferry there. And you can't. It and it's not that far. Kind of close. They have a cool experimental building that they did, and they do really cool stuff out of there, and they let. Let you and try a lot of stuff. It's a lot of fun to go to. Yeah. My sister's in Connecticut. Stratford, so, yeah. Stratford, so it's other Connecticut. Connecticut. It's yeah. cool. Okay, Joey, what do you have here? So, you know, I um, Founders All Day, something I've gone to a lot lately, yeah. I think, but just really good beer that I just enjoy drinking. And when we're talking a lot, it's nice. Yeah, and you had that for the Oscars special yeah. that you referenced before. And that is Founders, which is Michigan, Michigan. I believe. Mm-hmm. That's right. And I have uh, a bit of an update here today because I'm also... Going similar to what we did last time. So at the, at the Oscars special, we kind of talked about how cold spe- – I'm getting a little nervous about Cold right. Snap, one of my favorite seasonal beers. It's you – know, I'm not finding it places. You can't really find it, the, the bottled version at least. Mm-hmm. So I have – I found a version of it though. Oh. It, now, I've seen a few places we mentioned that have kegs of it. Yeah. But this is um, a Cold Snap, but it was in a variety pack, a Sam Adams variety pack. So I had to buy the whole big 12-pack and bring it over. There's a – 
a few others in there. The Alpine Lager is in there, and the uh, Golden Goat is two of the others. But we uh, we do get three cold snap bottles, so I have that along right. here. We're keeping the keeping the tradition alive a little bit here. So it's gotta next. exist somewhere. But that's a good beer. It's such a bummer. It is. I asked I asked my beer distributor guy the other day, and he just kind of shook his head no, sadly. Oh no, jeez. No. All right. Well, at least I have some sort of version. I'm just gonna. I'm going to have so many Boston lagers backed up because I'd be buying the 12 packs. <laughs> Back in the fridge you go. <laughs> I don't think I've had a Boston lager in a decade. But, uh, exactly. You know, well, I guess maybe I'll break that straight The only time I've had it was I've had to buy the variety pack, just yeah. like you did. Then I'm like, oh, I guess I have three of them. So I'll be dipping into a Boston lager tonight at some point here. Why not? Okay, so that's what we're rolling with uh, with the drinks. Now I want to talk about your first experience with Green Book. And Chris, I guess we'll start with you. It was actually just a few months ago. Oh, this is a, a first watch. Yeah, uh, my wife and I watched it. Uh, she was interested in I, you know, I have a list of movies to watch for the season, and this is one of them. And that's the one she kind of wanted to do. I really liked it, man. I mean, it hmm. was, I, I mean, Peter Farrelly has a lot of humor to it. It's, it has a lot of emotion in it. I, I we really enjoyed it. Uh, I obviously just watched it a second time for this. It was a really it was I found it to be moving and and heartwarming and all that good stuff. So. Yeah. All right. So positive vibes coming from Chris's direction. Joey R, how about you? Was the first time you saw a Green Book? So I saw it in theaters when it was new. Okay, wow. Uh, before the at that point in time, me and my wife were going to movies like every week. Like looking back, the amount of movies I saw in theater from this year is is crazy and I was talking about it. my wife's like, oh, I never saw. It. I was like, yeah, you did. I was like, you mourn Sid Mahershala. She's like, oh. Uh. I told her she's like, oh, that, oh. I'm like, yeah, it's not very memorable. Like, it's very fine. And she was like, oh, okay. And then I watched it again because then I was like, maybe I'm being hard on it because you know at the time I was like, oh, this is an okay movie with two fantastic performances. Was kind of my take from it, and I, I stand by that. We'll get into the whys, but and you know she she was too, but. I mean, the performances were fantastic. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know? So, like uh, myself, you're also a very big Star is Born guy. Huge. So, that might affect your... But uh... I saw this before the Oscars. Okay. So, okay. I saw it before all of that. So, okay. I had my opinion based in there. Now, I was mad at it at the Oscars because of A Star is Born. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. All right. So, we got some different takes already here. Now, this one, for me, uh, was a bit of an annoying entity, not mm. having anything to do with the movie, just in the fact that... I finally completed my list. Oh, and then this came best picture winners, <laughs> and we did so by watching Unforgiven, Chris, with yeah. you. That was the movie I saved for last. Oh, that's it was awesome. Unforgiven. I, I, I dig westerns. I love Clint Eastwood. I knew I would like that. I had never seen it. Saved it for the very end. That was kind of the last. That's cool. Best. Finally got to that. Me and Chris, we watched Unforgiven. Yeah. And then, like two months later, was the Oscars, and another one won, and I hadn't seen it. And I'm like, God damn, the list is back. <laughs> like, I just finished this stupid thing. So, well, you realize that's going to happen every year, right? I know, but I mean, the, <laughs> the goal is now to see the movies before right. they win, okay, but this is one that I hadn't seen before it won, and so it just kind of took me... I had like a two-month period of, all right, we're free. Of completionism. Yeah, and then and then that was that, so... Kieran's writing the Oscars. Dear Oscars, can you please stop having ceremonies? I, I, can <laughs> well, you, last year they would have almost listened to me. Oh, can you God. push back till June and shut up, please? Just give me three more months. Oh, God. What do you give best actor to somebody who's not there and has no speech and then the show just ends? Okay, that's great. I mean, what a trash oh, performance. Dude, that was brutal. Yeah, so this is one that I, I had to then track down and watched and enjoyed and hadn't gone back to it until yesterday where I revisited it. Now, I understand this movie gets a, a ton of hate. Is it, you think um, it's a ton? I mean, oh. In my research, it, it seemed to get... I mean, definitely, there was some backlash to well, it, but uh, I think more hate than it A lot of people deserves. liked it, too. So I mean, there's twofold here. So you have, like, there was the backlash of the family, of the, yeah. the, the, Shirley, the Shirley family, yeah. 
And then we'll talk about Spike Lee at some right. point here too, I'm right. sure. So there was some, some of that stuff. But I'm speaking more towards like if you look at like the film Twitter world and people talking about the Oscars, this is kind of gets grouped into that crash yeah. bracket, you know, of people. I, I think it more of like an Argo. Where that's funny that you brought up that because that's one of the movies I planned on bringing up today. Because that's where I re- where it's a good movie outside of an Oscar win. I it's good. I don't there's like listen. I don't have a long list of nitpicks. I'm not going to shit on this thing. I think mm-hmm. it just kind of is what it is. But I just don't think when we're talking about other movies, they're just better. Yeah, some some similarities to shares with Argo too is no director nomination. You know, and another movie I was thinking of too was, and well, because the obvious compared Driving Miss Daisy, the most obvious like plot comparisons, but another one that wasn't nominated for Best Director. And it's just, it's very odd these days for a movie to be up for Best Picture. And now maybe, no, maybe we're it might saying happen. this right. Maybe listen. it just happens. You know, maybe it just happens. <laughs> right. It um, could be. The Driving Miss Daisy one was even more crazy because back then there were only five nominees. So now with the ten nominees. It's right. more plausible to see one of those, because it can only be five directing right. nominees, so it's more plausible to see one of those sneak in. Yeah, so I guess we'll get into all that as as far as the Twitter hate goes. We'll have Twitter questions later, and we have a whole I'm bunch of I'm sure they're so through. unnecessarily I mean, mean. Can we just all admit that Twitter is a black hole of hate? That's, like, <laughs> what it is? I mean, right? I would say that film Twitter is largely pretty positive. But they has their whipping posts. Like yes. they, they they go after certain, and we, we just went through it with uh, with Beautiful Minds. You know, another one I had no idea they hated so much, but, but they yeah, hate it. it just, that's a wonderful film, right? It's a great one. Here, like, come on, <laughs> what a cynical world we live in. You oh, know? Yeah. like we just it's it's more fun to shit on things than just to yeah. appreciate yeah. them for what they are. I mean, right. yeah, dude, that's what I'm saying. This this is a heartwarming fucking movie. Like, yeah, I I, I know there's some there's some it's a touchy subject and. But I think it's done with a, uh, a level of compassion and, and understanding. I don't know. I, I just don't get some of the... Even the movies you just mentioned that have a bunch of hate. I, I, those are all great movies. I don't know. What yeah. The I is. love A Beautiful Mind. When I... I wasn't on that episode, but when you asked for the Twitter questions, I was looking through the questions. Every one, I was like, oh my God. And then I'm like, oh, am I an idiot? Like, because then I'm thinking... And then you guys all loved it. I was like, oh, all right. Everybody's on the right page here. Well, this is what happens, too. When you hear a bunch of hate... You're like, oh, maybe I don't know. Maybe I have bad taste. You know, like you start to question yourself. Like, <laughs> like it might be well, me. You know, like, like, what am I missing? Right. Like, but yeah, we have probably a ton of regular listeners who just nodded their heads at you. Like, like yeah, the best picture guys have terrible taste. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, BPC taste. What's interesting for me too, and this is where I also compare it to an Argo. A Beautiful Mind. Okay, there were movies that year that you look back at, and even if you love Beautiful Mind, you can go, eh, okay, Lord of the Rings. This year, though, the Green Book won. There's no clear-cut winner. I mean, Joey, I guess we'll get into that later. You, you've seen all the nominees. I haven't seen them all. But it's just like there's not an obvious, like, this should have won. And Argo, I felt, was that the same thing. Like, every one of the movies had kind of something working against it. And when we go through the nominees, I guess we'll talk about that more. But it is just, it's just interesting where people just don't like this one, and I feel like they don't really have a better answer. We'll talk about it as we get into it. Okay. Do we want to get anything out here before we do the old, uh, the old deep dive? Get into this thing. No? I think yeah, we're ready to go? Oh, yeah. I'm excited. Okay. Well, we don't have to go back all that far, gentlemen. This is crazy. We're headed back to the year 2018, and the president of the United States of America was Donald J. Trump. This is our first one of these. Trump has an IMDb page. It's quite a few movie credits Home Alone, on it. Too. Home Alone's on it, yeah. I know yes, that. and uh, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. 
We have Eddie, which is the Whoopi Goldberg basketball coach oh, movie. Okay. Oh, classic. Yeah, right. I know <laughs> no one picked that in the sports movie. Yeah, right? I can't understand why. Celebrity is a Woody Allen movie. Fifty Four. I think was that was the, the Studio Fifty Four. Oh, oh, yeah. Right, okay. Right, right, right. Gotcha. Never saw that. That's actually not about Mike Myers. Yeah, yeah, I think he played the guy. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. Oh, that sounds that cool. Bad. All right. Two Weeks Notice, which is a rom com with uh, Hugh Grant and Sandra Bullock. I mean, that didn't go, but look who's talking went. What are we yeah. doing? <laughs> of course, Zoolander. Uh, he has also made TV appearances in the following shows, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, All My Children, The Nanny, Suddenly Susan, Drew Carey Show, Spin City, Sex and the City, Days of Our Lives, and of course he was the host of The Apprentice. He's very selective. Uh, yeah, right. Now, uh, in all of those TV credits, he played himself, except for two. In Studio 54, he was credited as VIP guest, so he's basically playing himself, just not credited as himself. And in the movie, The Little Rascals... Do you remember that that uh, that film? Kind of like the remake. What's the number for nine one one? The remake. Yeah, yep. yep. yeah, in the nineties, uh, he plays Waldo's dad. So Waldo's dad was kind of I guess the rich kid who was courting Darla. Yeah. Um, I did not remember that. That uh, so that Dang that is either. the only one where he does not is not credited as himself. The two thousand eighteen World Series saw the Boston Red Sox defeat the Los Angeles Dodgers in five games to become world champions yet again. Their fourth since breaking the infamous Curse of the Bambino in 2003, and their ninth in franchise history. The 108-win Red Sox became the first team ever to win championships in years that were exactly a century apart. So they won in 1918 when they defeated the Cubs, and 100 years later, they won in 2018 beating the Dodgers. Chris, just real quick, you you were a, a, like a is Connecticut New England, I guess technically. Yes. Yeah, so you were in that Red Sox range. Absolutely. Were you like a pro? You're not a big baseball guy, but were you? No, but I have a a really great memory of the uh, game seven of that of, in 2004 of the Yankees Red Sox that game seven where they had come back from being down 0-3 mm-hmm. and came all the way back to game seven and won. I mean, I was in a a bar with a friend. And it was electric. I mean, people were standing on the tables and the bar. Yeah. I mean, it was go. The place was going bananas. It's also very um, Connecticut's kind of weird because it is New England, but it's it's kind of in between Boston and, and New York City. It's like so there's split. it's split. You get but, the half and half. Yeah. But this place was all Red Sox that day, and I mean, it, people were going bananas. It was it was it still gives me a chill. Some of those bar experience for the. Yeah. They're, they're the best. It was yeah. like when the Gi- the last of the Giants won uh, oh, the, yeah. uh, oh, the best uh, Super Bowl. That was that was same oh, thing. Electric. Yeah. You know? And your memory was so good, Chris, that you corrected me, and you're right. It was 2004, not 2003. I said yeah. 2003 for the yeah. breaking the curse of the baby. You know? Yeah, I, I was in the Bronx for that particular one. Uh, and it, it probably was, was a different vibe. Uh, yes, but <laughs> at Fordham, there were a lot of Connecticut kids, so there were a ton of Red Sox. So okay. on campus, you'd have running around Red Sox fans, and then inside, just all bitter Yankee fans. It, it, I'm just a brave fan just watching the world burn. Right, it was... It. It was more exciting than them winning the World Series because that was not the World Series. That was the, uh, the whatever it comes before that. <laughs> I don't uh, know baseball that well. Yeah, that was the ALCS. Yes. yes. So uh, it was, but it was bigger deal. Like, it mm. was like they had won the World yeah. Series. Yeah. And, I was and, in Connecticut at that point for Fairfield at that. So more insane. Red Sox than Yankees yeah, are a good split. Oh, yeah. Well, for this <laughs> one in 2018, the Yankee fans certainly had had enough watching the Red Sox win their fourth here. I think for this one, we were at Oz's wedding, I think, yeah. Joey. Yeah, when the, mm-hmm. when the Red Sox took, took this one. I think oh, they yes, we were. might have even played the Yankees 
in the playoffs a little early on in that. I'm, I might be mistaken there. I don't remember, but, but we were there. We watched it that first night we were there. Yeah. This is the second time these two franchises met in a World Series. The first time was way back in 1916 when the Dodgers were known as the Brooklyn Robins. Uh, game three of this series is probably the most famous because it is a game that lasted 18 innings. There's a total of seven hours and 20 minutes. Game Jesus. three was seven hours and 20 minutes. So it's almost as long as these podcasts are, right? <laughs> <laughs> Our average is under three hours. I want to it's s- the numbers guy. There he is, the stats. Uh, yeah, that's a World Series record. Uh, that marathon game was the only one in the series that the Dodgers would win. What I remember about that game was, I think it was on a weekend night, and I was uh, I was um, working that night, and it was on, and like we closed the bar for the night, Still on, and the game was still on. Yeah. So it's like ugh, this game's been on all night. I, I can't leave now. <laughs> it was three in the morning. It's you know it was a West Coast game. Right. I think from the East Coast it was. So uh, yeah, the, those uh, those I love those marathon games. We talked about that in hockey. Yeah. To one of these episodes that mm-hmm. the um that playoff hockey. Yeah, playoff. that playoff hockey, that Ducks game that went like yeah. nine periods or something yeah, like that. Yeah. I just I love the concept of this that this game it's is just not going to end until someone scores. No, or it, I mean it comes down to who's going to make the mistake first. Right. And, yeah. And not even who's going to win, just who's going to screw up first. You know? Yeah. And and hockey is interesting, Chris. You probably your your hockey players you can yeah. like put into this a little bit. It gets to a point where I guess both teams get so tired. Yes. That they're kind of just skating around. Yeah, it's different. It, uh, baseball is like listen, you have time. You know, you're sitting down a lot mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Hockey, you're constant. I mean, every every two minutes, you're back on the ice. I mean, legs become cement. You know, it, 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 you barely can get over the boards. I mean, if you're going four overtime, five overtime, I mean, that's. I don't even know how they keep going. You know? yeah. yeah, and I mean, in soccer, they don't even let them keep going. Yeah, now, I'm not the biggest soccer fan in the world. I'm not, I'm not that knowledgeable about it. But they literally, yeah, they stop yeah. the game and do a shootout in the World Cup. Right. Yeah. You know, I don't know how all the Europe leagues work. I'm, you know, I but, don't know enough to. But I do love those those yeah. marathon games. Always, yeah. they're always special. Fun to me. Red Sox were managed by Alex Cora, became the first Puerto Rican-born manager to win the World Series, and the fifth first season manager to win a World Series. World Series MVP was Steve Pierce, who was acquired at the midseason trade deadline. The Billboard number one song of 2018. I'm sure this is on both of your guys' playlists here on this one. It was God's Plan by Drake. Oh, the great man, Drake, yeah, star oh. of uh, Degrassi back in the day, right? Yeah. Little Jimmy. Wheelchair Jimmy. <laughs> well, he's in a wheelchair, right? Yeah, right. God's Plan was number one for eight consecutive weeks. Drake had three other Billboard number ones in 2018. In My Feelings, Nice For What, and Yes Indeed, which he shared with Little Baby. I don't great. know any of those. I literally don't know one. The nope. Great Little Baby. I knew the God's Plan one. And I, oh, I don't think I know that. I never understood... Why, how that song was such a big deal. In my feelings was just like, if you love me, would you want me? No. Sure. No. I mean, if it sounds anything like that, no kidding, it must have been a hit. Other notable number ones include Rockstar by Post Malone, Havana by Camila Cabello, Perfect by Ed Sheeran, and Thank You Next by Ariana Grande. I really don't. The best picture winner was Green Book, directed by Peter Farrelly. Original screenplay by Nikki Vallelonga, Peter Farrelly, and Brian Hayes Curry, who are also producers on the movie. Music by Chris Bowers. Cinematography by Sean Porter. Film editing by Patrick Don Vito. And I was very startled and alarmed and surprised to learn, and I tweeted this out today. Green Room and Green Book, which came out around the same time mm-hmm. and has 
been often confused in conversation where I ask them if they've seen Green Book and they say Green Room. No, no Room. They're room, slightly room, different. Room. Quite. Yeah. We're going on trips into the Deep South and, and odd racist well, things. Yeah, happen. sure, sure. Racist yeah. ones and, in the Pacific Northwest, yeah. but yeah. But the title, uh, but the title the, would probably yeah. be the most. Green, Ro- Green Room, Green Book. Same director of yeah. photography. They have the wow. same the same cinematographer that's, did both I movies. I love that. Who wow. knew? Interesting. Yeah, I just a, saw Green a, Book for Green Room for the first time. It's deeply upsetting, that movie. Uh, yes. And uh, <laughs> a film editing by Patrick Don Vito, and if I want to tie this in... Patrick Don Vito edited my recommend for the Around the World in 80 Days episode, which the three of us were on. Movie 43. He was... Oh, I, I read that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's a crazy movie, man. Insane. Oh, boy. Green Book is starring Viggo Mortensen, Mahershala Ali, Linda Cardellini, Sebastian Maniscalco, and PJ Byrne. It was nominated for five Oscars. It was the winner of three. Those were Best Picture, Best Supporting Actor, Marshall Ali, Best Original Screenplay, Nikki Valanga, Peter Farrelly, Brian Hayes Curry. Was also nominated for, but did not win, Best Actor, Viggo Mortensen, and Film Editing, Patrick Donvito. Okay, Green Book here. Big hit in the box office with a $23 million budget. It grossed $85 million domestic. Three hundred twenty-one million yeah. worldwide. That's a lot of money. So uh, Carmine Jr. made quite. Uh, <laughs> Carmine Carmine Lupitazzi. <laughs> he made quite the big well. bucks on this one. Um, it is on. So we talked about how it gets hate on Twitter, but it is on the IMDb top two hundred and fifty list. Yeah. So much like Beautiful Mind. So it's like okay, so a group of people dislike it, but then a group of people must love it with its eight point two rating. Yeah, it's good rating. And whatnot there. Number one thirty three on the top two fifty. Now That's we pretty good. Yeah, that is I mean now we all love to make fun of this IMDB list. I know Joe Joe, you're rolling your eyes. But it is and I said this with the Beautiful Mind episode too. And I'm I'm someone who's usually against this IMDB list because of all the, the wacky Marvel and things that are on here. It's too new. Yeah, and it's very like casual cl- right. finger clicking. Uh, rating, but it is notable to see a movie on here that gets a lot of hate. Says there are people out there that like it and appreciate. Well, it shows it. the difference of the Twitter hardcore, the film Twitter hardcores, and the casual like, oh, I like this, and kind of where they intersect with people who feel that their opinions need to have a button. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just some notables that are around that one thirty three spot. Here's a uh, one thirty through one thirty two. Okay. These are all movies that have some way or another come up on on Best Picture cast. Um, 130 is Billy Wilder's Some Like It Hot, which I believe we mentioned our Ben-Hur episode, the same year as that. 131 is The Father, which we covered in our Oscars preview last year. All About Eve, which is the Best Picture winner that we haven't covered yet. So those are the three right before it. Okay, great one. The three right after it, Wolf of Wall Street, which we've certainly talked about a bunch, oh, yeah. we've, or certainly on our well, 12 Years of Slave episode, because it was nominated that year, but it's one that's come up. You're a big fan of, of Wolf of Wall Street? It's, yes. I would argue it's one of... One of my favorite wow. Scorsese movies. Yeah, I, I think you're I think you're one of the bigger Scorsese guys out of the crew, I right? Love him. I'd yeah. say yeah. so. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, so that's 134. 135 is the aforementioned Unforgiven, which is the best picture winner that we just talked about. We haven't done an episode on that yet. Possibly this season. We'll see. And uh, 136, another Scorsese that we talked about in our Gangs of Goodfellas episode, Casino, well, in there at too. 136. Yeah. So it's in the Green Book's in good company here. Another movie that got, had... had Got a lot of shit when it came out, but I think it's aged way better. Yeah, Casino's one of my favorite Scorsese movies. Yeah. Really, it was, I love it was not well received when it came out. Hmm. I like it better than Goodfellas. It, I think the only nominee it got was the Sharon Stone 
yeah. actress. She was nominated. Very, very good. Yeah. yeah. I love um, James Woods in that, too. He's, yes. He's the, yeah. the scumbag boyfriend. Scumbag. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, a little long, though. It's like a little Yeah, long. but I feel like it's one of those that, that you don't realize how long it is. Like, yeah. it's, it's like Titanic in that way. I'm so riveted that mm. I'm, I forget that it's three hours long, you know? Yeah, and that's a good segue now into this one, and because the first thing I want to say, and it did get a film editing nomination, as as we said here, ah, this movie flew yes. while I was watching. Oh yeah, it. boy, this co- it was this yeah. two hours cooked, transitioned very smoothly. Yeah. They keep the the viewer in there, and it's a very easy movie to and watch. There's not a lot of that fat sense. in it. I I, mm-hmm. I was I was watching trying to see like what would I what would I trim off of this, and there's not much. No, I mean, and everything but, seems to have a reason that it's there. You know, and like I said. You know, I don't have a huge nitpick zone here because I do think that what's there is intentional and there's no bolt. They move it very well. And like you said, like, if it's there, it belongs there. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I'm going to have, definitely have some criticisms as far as what should be there and what shouldn't be there. But none of them are going to really be scenes. You know, I think, like you said, Chris, every scene is kind of functional to where the plot's going and where the movie's going. Um, I do think, and, and, you know, I guess we'll, we'll, just talk about this stuff now because we're, you know we're into it here. As I know, one of the criticisms of this thing was that this thing is told through Tony Lip's eyes. Doctor Shirley's family kind of took a little offense to that because they're they're portraying their uh, you know their family member through the eyes of the other guy, and some stuff might be embellished. And there are moments of this movie that really, very obviously, appear to be stories that a dad told a son the son is putting into a screenplay. Yeah. It just, it had that feel there to it. There was a lot of that, especially, you know, with, um, like, with Tony, go, before he goes to the job interview when he sees the mob guys and he pawns his watch first, like, oh, look how great of a guy. That guy was out there making money for the mob. Yeah, even They're the making, hot dog eating content. Yeah. It was just a lot of, like, my dad does, did this, my dad did that. I got that vibe in the thing. Chris, you wanted to respond yeah, to it. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm trying to think, what's the alternative is that you that the the movie begins with uh, Doctor Shirley and his quest for uh, his decision to go on the road and and then um, his search for a bodyguard slash driver is that where the movie begins? Well, I, mean, the, I guess I can see how the that immediate can do that. the immediate answer to that is there is no alternative because right. it's produced and written by the son of Tony right. Lip, so right. he's the one who put the money out there. And he's the he one wrote that wrote the, the movie, so it's gonna be told from his side of it. Right. And and we've we we've had this conversation quite often here, and we'll have it a lot. Is do you want it to be a real depiction of what happens, or do you want it to be a story? story. And I'm almost always of the mind of let's just tell a good story here. And I, I don't need it's I mean, I, I think the classic one is Mutiny and the Bounty, where Captain Bly was not a bad guy. Right. You know, he was not a villain. You know, he was not like a lot of that stuff was so incredibly embellished. And the real historic thing in that is his journey back to the thing and being able to do that. And they really just make him look like a 1930s heel. And right. his family, years later, looks back and says, well, what the fuck? Why, you know, he was a navigation king. You know, what's a genius. I also go, going back to like, where do we, where do we start the story? I mean, that's a valid point. The son is, is writing this about his father. You know, obviously it's going to be from his perspective. But also, you have to grab the audience pretty early on in, in any movie to get them engaged. And I don't think a lot of people can relate to somebody living at the, uh, above Carnegie Hall, a classical musician. Mm-hmm. But you start at the Copa, 
and you you're you're getting all the glitz and glamour, and yeah, you get some mob s- stuff going on. Bobby Rydell. I mean, it's very uh, uh, reminiscent of a, Scors- a beginning of a Scorsese movie, like Goodfellas, where they're you know they're panning through the Copa. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very uh, uh, that that was a little there was a little bit of a rip off thing going Agreed. on there. Agreed. Um, but you're you're in. You know, you're, uh, the average person is like, okay, I'm I'm I like I'm interested in this world. I can see why they would start in a place like that. You know. Mm. It has to be told from a perspective of somewhere, right? right? Like, it's a story of growth and change of two pretty unlikable yeah. humans, right? So we have to start with somebody. So well, it, I think they're pretty... Actually, I think they're both fairly No, the actors did a way. fantastic yeah. job. I don't think the people... Whatever. I don't think they, either they of both, them are particularly likable. They both had some, some learning and some growth that needed it to Which occur. is fine, but... Fair, fair enough. You know, I think, I think this is a movie of fantastic performances. But I think this movie would, if it's told from dual eyes right where we get tony in the copa and then it goes to dr shirley in carnegie hall now we have a three-hour movie that's dragging so let it start somewhere through someone's eyes but they both have stories of growth neither is and i think once they get together i think they do show they do kind of show it's always the, the situation it's always through one's eyes yeah well and then it gets interesting there too where I guess the family came out and said that they didn't have that relationship in real life, and it was. But, but, but then the they Dr. found Shirley a recording. Quote? Yeah, they yeah, found a recording want, after yeah. the fact that, that that's absurd. How could I not have a great relationship with I him? Mean, and then Doc, they did. Right. Dr. So Shirley it sounds like. The, and I think there's some estrangement between him and his family that that got brushed under the rug too. Is well, that the, so Mahershala Ali apologized to the family, but said, "I didn't know you existed. Like right. we were doing this. Mm. Like we reached out to whoever they did know about." And then everything came out after the fact. So it does sound like they even did attempt to, see, like, whoever, like, the attached family was. I, I'm, I'm a big advocate for, for what somebody's intent was. And it seems as if any, everybody involved in the making of this movie, the intention was to tell, an, an, as accurate as they could, an entertaining story, an accurate story, a, a thoughtful story. Now, and, and I think if they had known that their family was there I agree. to... Uh, get ideas from I'm sure they would have done that now do you uh, just to be devil's advocate I just want to throw the other side of it now if your intentions were to tell a story about your father and you used his relationship with one of his associates and took took some thematic elements that were really rooted in race and racial conflicts and floated your dad's story with that, could you understand how maybe people yeah, might absolutely. find that complicated? And, and also sexuality is in there, too. And, and, you know, so yeah, which they kind of really just... They brushed over they that. They brushed over... That was an in-and-out, like, they just never talked about yeah, it. I, I mean, I, listen, at the end of the day, as it applies to this story, is it an important thing to dive into, or is it something you... You reference, move on, or you don't do it at all. Maybe right. that's something they yeah. could have just. Well, then you know, there, then you get some criticisms that we heard in *Beautiful Minds*, where if, if you ignore completely, then you're, then you're, you're not you're not washing, acknowledging you're it. You're washing yeah. it out of the right. So maybe they chose to acknowledge it, but didn't make it the story because it didn't I guess make it, it is personality. It, yeah, it, but Which, they, I think fine. They know, did but, make the point that it didn't matter in the relationship right, between the correct. two of them. It didn't affect their connection. Because Tony moved on. The Tony yeah. the next day. This well, was he, t- he even says, I think he's like, I worked in clubs. For right, a lot I know what goes so on. Like, yeah, I don't I, give a I, shit. I've, I've kind of seen this sort of thing, and it's fine. You know, you know. And listen, I think if with Peter Farrelly, with um, Mahershala Ali, Viggo Mortensen, like I think what their their intent, I think maybe is different than Nick Villalonga's mm-hmm. who. Listen, I, I, whatever. He's writing his dad's story from his perspective of the guy. But remember, you know, this was also that him and um, 
Dr. Shirley and Tony were friends until they died in 2013, months apart. This wasn't a mm. uh, three months gone and then, oh, let me write this story 50 years later. Yeah. So, where I understand... And they waited till both passed away. I think that was by request that of, was, of both of both them. Both of them yeah. wanted it. They so, didn't want them to, the movie to come out with them alive. It was, make it after we go. Yeah. Garen, make my movie... When I'm alive, please. Like, <laughs> you want to reap the benefits. Yes, I would like to uh, be there. I want to get all the rewards. I want the accolades. Um, no, I, I do think that we maybe have to acknowledge that it is, there are complications to telling, yes. to telling a story about race and, a, and a, 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 a black man's plight through the eyes of, yes. a, of a white man. Well, so that, 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 this complication. And listen, we'll just throw this coming out there. We're, we're three white guys talking about this. Sure. We're thrust into this. There's going to be landmines. We're doing our best to... Our intentions are good here in, yeah. in discussing this Absolutely. and all that. But, you know, is this a white savior? Because I know that gets turned in a lot. Well, but I do think... It, well, that's that was Spike Lee. That's but, Spike Lee's on. Is it, is it but, a white savior movie, But th- that, That's so. a big criticism. I, but I don't think so. Because I do think they help each other grow. It's not just... Right. Like, Tony's not sitting here saving people's lives. In Tony, many ways, Shirley saves right. Tony. Let's think... Tony, I, I, Tony I, I, threw out the glasses of the plumbers. Tony then, because of Dr. Shirley, invited him into his house. Tony was the one who grew and shut down his family by using... Like, so Dr. Shirley had a very profound impact in the movie on Tony's well-being. Yeah. So I do think that that is not fair, but my perspective, like you said, Kieran, I don't know that... Yeah, well, there's a lot yeah. of him culturing him. There's a lot of him, of him coaching him in his relationship with his wife. Right. There's a lot of him financially saving him completely like, the, the guy was the guy was was going broke they filled each other's gaps in a lot of ways and and tony lip was kind of more of a protector you know and he obviously went through some of the physical and and social things too so yeah. listen like you said it's uh it's not easy an easy story to tell especially if from a, you know there's a white director and and a lot you know <laughs> it, it's a hard thing to do properly and respectfully but I honestly think they did a pretty good job of showing both men and the, uh, that each of them di- didn't understand each other in a lot of ways at the beginning. And as they get to know each other, they start to see each other's perspectives a little bit more. And that's, I mean, what, what else as human beings can we do to understand each other but, but to try to see where the other person is coming from? And that's, that's what this movie is about at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, uh, you have your own preconceived notions of... of people and then these two men get together and are learning and growing together and i, I think it's and it's lovely and it's funny and like i think it's not subtle did, i think they yeah. did a fine job I mean, yeah. there's always going to be a little criticism here and there i just yeah. think it's not a subtle movie i well, think it's it's not and it's that, definitely not and i think it is definitely surface level it's very late there's a whole lot of, enough, of right. full depth to it now i would say that the the where this kind of becomes a tough conversation analytically is I think the Green Book is a good movie. I think it's a movie that when it's on, I can sit and watch it and enjoy it. Like I, I said, it very moved, rewatchable. moved very quick. Yeah. was rewatchable. In the constructs of this conversation, we're talking about best picture winners. We're talking about 94 movies and, and the greatness that each of them have in comparison to each other. Right. And I do have some criticisms about this movie as far as, like, is it really a great movie? Because I don't think it's a great movie. I, I, don't, I don't think it's, it's like a movie that will be very high on my rankings just because of a few things. And we'll go through them as, as we go. And I think one of them specifically is, is that I think that the script and the direction is, like, a little bit pedestrian. In I the sense so of 
in this in the sense of the of the bigger bigger scheme of things. I think it's very you know oh you don't know who Little Richard is. Cut hard cut to to Doctor Shirley looking forlorn and a little shamed. Oh you don't like it's just very much like okay this is happening now you feel this. They yeah. don't let us do work. And even with the glasses that you brought up there, and then the wife sees them and takes them out. Right. It's very, it's, you know. They don't let you do, like. I think sometimes it's telegraphed. Yes. Like they're kind of, yeah. yeah. I, yeah it's, it's there's something subtle. about the, the the wife pulling them out that was just kind of this is very slow. It late stay too long. You know we've yeah. we've criticized movies before for not trusting the audience. I don't think that's what this is though. I think this is more, we don't know how to be subtle and clever and add that next level of death. I think if you cast any other two people, this movie is just kind of disappeared. I, I think there's something to be said that a lot of the crew don't have huge resumes. And that's, you I, know, I, other I than Peter Farrelly, who obviously has a, a very long resume. Was, we'll, go, we'll go through his filmography a little, a little, a little bit. Kingpin, baby. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, something about Mary in something the, uh, the rom-com story, too. But... Other than him, everyone else really doesn't have much on their resume. That goes, for, you know, for the the director of photography, the guy who did the music, the the film editor, the um, both writers. Yeah. You know, it's so. I thought that showed. I agree, it, and I think the cast is thin. I think it's well, it's, it's, a, it's a, not a lot of people in it at all. I mean, yeah. there's only really how many main characters. I mean, you well, it's you really, really three. It's three. three. The, and the wife and the two of them, right? And then, yeah, you have the half of them. And Sebastian Maniscalco and then right? family and, member. And Rugrat yeah. from Wolf, Wolf of Wall Street. Well, we're going to talk about Sebastian because I love him as a comedian but I thought he was awful. Well, there's, a, <laughs> there's a reason he's not an actor, Chris. He is well, he's also the Irishman for fuck's sake. Like, yeah. He's yeah. not a good at that either. Yeah. I don't like the Irishman. <laughs> I love him. I think he's a funny guy but his stand-up I'll watch for days. Too, but Jesus, um, he's a bad actor. We also get the, uh, the, the neighbor from that 70s show. It, yeah, uh, fucking, uh, I saw it. When I saw him, I like lost it. I was like, I was like, this is why I don't like this movie. They couldn't cast better than this. Oh, come <laughs> on. We love, we love him. <laughs> yeah, I love him in that '70s show as the swinging dad. He doesn't belong in an Oscar-winning movie. There was at no point where I was like, "Oh, I wonder what's going to happen next." Like it was, I felt like it was like a paint by numbers, and for mm. a movie that again there was growth of characters. I think it was the actors who just outkicked anything the script did. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the actors. Let's talk about um, start with Viggo Mortensen. Viggo Mortenstein, yeah. um, as Mac would say, I don't know, Sonny. Listen, this is our first time talking Vigo. Great actor. Great. You know, underrated actor. And um, we'll see him again when we do the Lord of the Rings stuff. Chris, I know you're a big Vigo fan, and you have a bunch of... That's actually not entirely true. Oh, okay. I never... I've always liked him. I love uh, History of Violence is a a movie I really like. I love that movie. Even him in Lord of the Rings. I mean, mean, those aren't my favorite movies, but, you know, he's good. But I never thought... Eastern Promises, he's in that one too, right? That I haven't yes, seen. that was a nominee that, for. That's, that's a good one. Uh, but I never was like, oh, Vigo is this great actor. He is fucking great in this movie. Yeah, he is. He's 100%. unbelievably good. I, I, I forgot it was him. I, I, I got lost in his performance. He's fantastic. I, I mean, both, both men. I mean, yep. I thought they were fantastic. But I mean, Vigo I'm more familiar with. So I, I literally had to remind myself who, of who it was while I'm watching the movie. I'm like, God, that's Vigo. Like... Yeah, and I, I think that's such an important point to make because Viggo Mortensen in 2018, I mean, we've seen him play with all sorts of accents, you know, from all people, people from all over the world. 
And to be like a New York Italian guy, I was, I remember that was one of the things from my first viewing that I was so taken back by. It's like, whoa, he slid right into that. He just, shoop, yeah. and here I am. And now I'm like, I'm like on the cast of The Sopranos out of nowhere, you know? And, and oh my That's, God, it shows you how good some of these actors can be. Yeah. And, you know, just, and some of the stories about him, like, he didn't need to gain weight, but he felt like he needed to for the presence. He did all these things for it because he. This is how he needed it to come through. Yeah, he, he actually so ate the good. hot dogs and the yeah. hot dog eating contest. Like, <laughs> I was reading it and I'd be like, God, this is gross! Like all the shit he was doing to like get this big. And I gotta say too, because he gained weight for the role. Yes, and you know we talked. We've talked about that before. Just the method at end of things where you're gonna either gain weight or lose weight. He gained weight in a very odd way, yeah. too. It's like, I think he didn't know what it was going to do to his body. Yes. He got this real, like, dumpy booby-doo, you know? Yeah. <laughs> does anybody, does anybody, do the, 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 does so, anybody know what a booby-doo is? Uh, Joey, do you know what a booby-doo is? I do is? not know what a booby-doo is. It's when your stomach comes out farther than your boobies do. <laughs> <laughs> Kieran learned that one for me a long time ago. That's fucking amazing. Yeah, TDT you up for that. Yeah. They do lean into the eating stuff a lot in this. Was it too much for you guys? It was a little much for me because, you know what I... I mean, maybe I'm strange, but I kept thinking, like, when he comes home from the hot dog eating contest, he's kissing his wife, he's, like, right. sitting there. I was thinking, like, dude, are you going to, like, poop your pants in like, a <laughs> second? That's, that's like, what I was thinking. He had, like, 20 hot dogs. Like, uh, what when, the, the when, hell? I was th- when he was eating the Kentucky Fried Chicken and he was his face oh, was no. greasy, I was like, you're in the middle. You are gambling, yeah. sir. Oh, like, Joey, we got chicken eating in the car here. <laughs> just bones everywhere. No, just the steering wheel was probably greasy. Go for off, me. go off. It was just, just so greasy. I was like, oh, he's gonna shit his pants in the middle I, of fucking. Kentucky. I thought the same exact thing the whole movie. I, was, I, I did love though the moment where Mahersha Ali became Joey R in the movie. He goes, wait, are there utensils? Are there napkins? What are you doing here? I, know, like, I very much. What are you doing with the bones? I was like, <laughs> I was like, thank you, Doctor Shirley. Where are the napkins? <laughs> This is not how we eat chicken in you know, a car. For context, I don't eat in my car because... Yeah, what, what, did you just watch Rebecca? Oh, what's going on here yeah. with this? Right? Yeah. I was, like, I was like, thank you, Dr. Shirley, for being a fucking human being. All we need is Tony Lip to like, down a glass of milk and Joey's out of the movie. Like, he yep, wouldn't well, have been... and he did. And he did. Does he? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I have it in my notes. We have chicken and milk. Yep. Chicken and milk so, is Joey's own milk. I, he had the tinfoil on top of the milk he thermos. Op- so not even air sealed. So oh, it's maybe just, I just didn't realize it was milk yep, or something. Just like a, that. because you would think, who would want all this bacteria <laughs> to give to their children? <laughs> why? Now you're wondering why Joey didn't enjoy the oh, movie. Now I get it. Why would you want to ki- poison your kids? He's just poison a loose, loose tinfoil of day old milk. Oh, I'm at the stage now. I watch a movie and there's milk and boop. I'm like, I yeah, immediately yeah, go up. Yeah, yeah, notes, yeah. notes going in the notes. We you have can't milk. even we have do chicken. an episode on the movie milk. You know, going back to, of course, what you're saying about uh, him coming home after the hot dog eating contest. I have always wondered how these hot dog contest eaters, like, how did their stomachs handle that afterwards? I, I Are they it like not be good for you. I, and sometimes if you see the, 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 like, the big hot dog eating, like, champions, yeah, like the Nathan's they're, like, one, not yeah. big people. Like, no. no. He's there tra- they train to... Yeah, like, I heard that the... Who was the, um, uh, the Japanese? So they did, like, an MTV True Life on, like, I'm a competitive eater, and it was him. Wow. He was shredded, but he had something where his stomach what? actually dropped, was, like, lower. Kobayashi. Kobayashi. And his stomach, like, dropped, so he was able to... But he got... These guys get, like, in shape to, like, for, like, really? the strong... For, like, the muscle movement and to try to digest these things. But, like, even, like, um... Let's show man versus food. So Adam Richmond spoke about how he'd have to work out, like, three hours a day to not die. Yeah. 
I can't not read this. Takiro Kobayashi, who's uh, now 44 years old, he is n- described as the godfather of competitive eating. <laughs> Six-time Nathan's Hot Dog Champion. Yeah, I mean, I know. I remember hearing something once where they they eat like a whole bunch of little meals all yeah. day. Like there's right. there's just, just like this- so I think you're constantly expanding your stomach. Yep. And building um, your metabolism up, making it moving. I, I'm just gonna go back to what you said, Chris. It can't be good for you. No, like, speak just, no. Were there were there moments in this thing where you know Vigo's performance missed a little bit for you here? He's nominated for the Oscar. He doesn't win. I don't think his performance. Can I ask you guys a question about? Yeah. I don't get the Academy and their decision to what's a supporting actor role and what's an actor okay. best actor role. In this, I mean, to me, they're either both lead actors or they're both. Supporting, I don't. I don't really understand how they decipher. Between. Why is one supporting? I, I don't I think, understand that. I think in this, it's because of perspective. Is yeah. how to. It has to come down to. Because I agree. A lot of times, I don't understand. Here, we know his his family. Like it starts with him and ends with him. Yes. Yeah. So. I, there's a lot of ways people tackle this. Category fraud is something that's constantly coming up all on, the time on Twitter and people. Just any Oscar pundits, you know, what should be, what shouldn't be. Some people argue screen time. Like they literally have the minutes on yeah. screen. Other times it's it's who like you said, Joey, perspective. I would say in this one, it's the story begins and kind of ends in Vigo's house with Vigo's family and and Tony the Lip. It's you're you're watching his type of arc. I mean, that, not not that uh, that Doctor right. Shirley doesn't have an arc in this thing, also, but I think that he is definitely a lead. Now, I think you could make the argument that. Uh, Maharsha Ali is also a lead, but when Oscar time comes around, the production companies make a justification for splitting it, so now we can get a nominee well, in both They probably sides. want a, both of them. I mean, the, both of them deserve to win something, because yeah. they're both brilliant. Ali wins, obviously. Yeah, and it's an awkward concept anyway. It's like you don't tell a story knowing that someone's going to be up for this category right. and up for that category. Exactly. So there's been plenty of times where someone is a... I mean, listen, we I brought up... Brought up running on empty on consecutive right. episodes. I'll bring it up on a third consecutive one now. The the concept that River Phoenix is have you seen running on empty? I have the, not. the concept that River Phoenix is supporting in that is insane to me. The entire movie is about him. He's on screen the entire movie. The, what because he's like young? Right. Is that like is he supporting? Like th- that's one of the worst I've ever seen. But yeah, I just think every year there's going to be one that could right. go either way. This one, I mean, if you put your foot down and said that Dr. Shirley is absolutely a lead in this movie, it's kind of hard to argue yeah. with that. Yeah. You know, because he, he, the story isn't a story without him. Well, that's the problem. They both are very necessary, but I think because it ends with the house and it ends with Dr. Shirley being welcomed into hit Tony's family, I think it's the Tony over, and, you know. And it's also Shirley's character. I mean, he is the driving force of the entire movie. His, his talent, his ability is the driving force of the movie. That's... Why? How we all get involved in the story in the first place? So I mean, in in that way, I feel like it, the the movie is about him. I wanted to ask you this, Chris, because now, Joey, I know you're not a big fan of these types of movies and shows to begin with. You've never seen Sopranos, Joe. So you're gonna have to. We're gonna talk Sopranos at some point. And you're just gonna have to sit yeah, through Joe. Okay. We were okay. supposed to have Oz for us, and it was gonna be a nice like three on one situation. Yeah. But me and Chris are just gonna. It's geek egregious, out. by the way, that you haven't seen that show. Just you <laughs> just watched The Godfather for the first time too. Well, so. me, I mean, too, that's true. But, yeah. yeah. Now, we've seen Goodfellas, we've seen Godfather, you know, even like Bronx Tale. Or, or How did the neighborhood work for you in this, Chris? Because we've seen that tackled in, in some big entities before. Yeah, I think 
it was okay. It, they didn't like again. They, they get you in the Copa for a minute there. That's kind of that's kind of interesting. And and I guess he goes to a bar and a diner to do the hot dog thing. They don't really dive into it all that much. You know, they kind of leave it. I, yeah, I think I you know honestly, man, it might not, it might be better because we have seen so much of that world in yeah. other things. Maybe it's better to have just left it alone a little bit. I guess I I don't know what annoyed me about it this time. And at at the time I watched this when right after it won was the time I was watching Sopranos for the first time. Yeah. So I had I wasn't ingrained in Sopranos language yet and all that. I thought it was a little ham fisted. Yeah, it, and it, it, it is. And, I'll tell you what it is. His fucking family. Like, the, they're, and my boy Sebastian is part of the problem. Yeah, they're, and uh, they're, none of them are actors. No. They're all his actual family. It's their family, family right? Yeah. That, yeah. They're terrible. That, that Nicky lied to well, the tricked them, right? He, yeah, he lied to everybody. No, oh no, yeah. Vigo wants them. Oh no, Farrelly wants them. And then they figure it out like halfway through and they're not good. It's, <sighs> they're very it's bad. It's the worst part of the movie. And, and it makes it hard to give a shit. If yeah, it wasn't for Linda Cardellini, it's so, it just so, she's great. She's fantastic. Yeah. It so obviously looks like a bunch of people who he probably knew that he stuck in the movies right. and wanted yeah. something like that's not hard to pick out. And if you if you want to compare it to another movie of the same year who portrayed a family sitting at home in support in The Star is Born, where you have Andrew Dice Clay and a couple of other veteran actors there in the mix who do a masterful job. Of of kind of being in the mix, and I'll tell you what, Andrew Dice, Andrew Dice Clay is an underrated actor. Dude, you're, you're literally, I might as well just do it now because you just oh, yeah. the the re- Sebastian's got to go. All right, we'll, we'll do. Uh, we'll, 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 <laughs> you might as well do it. I mean, you're we'll, literally we'll, saying we'll, we'll call it back later. Yeah, but when you're gonna when you're casting these things, you have to cast more ca- more carefully, and you have the whole cast of The Sopranos at your fingertips. Yeah, right. We've these guys well, are willing the to you know, put thing. put Paulie Walnuts in there, <laughs> put Bobby Bacala in there. These guys want to work. Get yeah, them in right, there. Really. On the flip side of that, what they did do great is, is the two guys in the trio. He casted actors first who had musical experience. Yeah, they, they were they were great. I mean, they and that were was very, a Peter Farrelly thing. They were in it very little, but they were really good. Yeah, and the the, they trailers, were there for the trailers, but they were really playing. I felt, yeah, which always gets a big check for me. They oh, they were. Big, they That's were awesome. really playing. And the cellist was a violinist who learned the cello in a few That's weeks. Cool. That's he was a master of violinist, wow. and he'd, he'd never played a cello before. And learned it and learned. I think they play. They end up playing like eight pieces in this thing. Mahershala did have a double with the piano. Oh, like he couldn't pull the Ryan Gosling, huh? The guy. I think it was the guy who did the music for yes. the movie. Is the guy who does the the piano yes. playing? Yeah. But honestly, man, I was watching pretty carefully. There's some scenes where they did a really good. They job. did a really good job. I could not tell the difference. They I mean, did a very it looked good like. Job. Uh, Mahershala's playing the I piano. Know. I know. I thought Mahershala learned like Ryan Gosling. I, I, well, I was <laughs> well, like... He th- was at one point playing something. I mean, we see him on screen. What he's playing is very complex. I'm, yeah. I was, I'm watching it. I'm like, that's him. And it looks like he's playing. I don't know I was how they did that. Yeah, I was like, how is, I, don't, I don't understand how piano players' hands do that. Yeah, that was impressive. Yeah. I thought that was impressive. Yeah, Chris Bowers... Me. Chris Bowers is a director of music who who stepped in for that one. Yeah, he was the double for the piano, and I I honestly couldn't tell the difference. They did for most of the movie. They do pan away, and you, you, yeah. you just see his face, so it's fine. But I mean, there's I think the first performance you see him playing. You're looking at his face. I'm like, I don't know how they're doing this, but it looks like it's him. You know, mm. I, I do always appreciate those camera tricks though of doing. Yeah. The, we, we talked about that in the Sting episode with Paul Newman and the cards. Yeah, right. You know, right. The, 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 yeah, they fooled. Let's talk about Mahershala Ali here and, and his performance. I mean, listen, the guy's again just a wonderful actor. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's, he's awesome. just he. Cr- I've never seen him skip a beat. I mean, everything yeah, he's fantastic. in is great. It's an interesting spot 
here in this one because you have to, as we said, there's not a whole lot of characters in this movie here. So, and you're going up against a Viggo Mortensen. And you're also playing the straight man, you know, as far as like the comedy, there's a lot of comedy in this movie. It is a fairly movie. Yes. And uh, yeah. he has, he's playing that. It's the odd couple, right? right. I and mean, that's what we're, yeah. that's what this movie kind of is on the surface too, is it's the odd yeah. couple. Yeah. And if you do that right, you end up being the funnier one of the two. And there were, and he has but, there, yeah. yeah, for sure. Like the chicken the, moment. Yeah, my, my favorite one is yeah. My favorite one is that he finally lightens up and throws the chicken bones out the window. Yeah, and then and then uh, Tony throws, throws, the, throws the cup, the and it's like, go back and get yeah, that. We're not. We're not the funny. Yeah. I laughed out loud at yes. that. Like, for a movie that get up, Tony. For a, for a movie that lacks subtlety at all, and everything is so obvious, he is so good at it, mm-hmm. Joey. A lot of the, I think a lot of, and I, I'm listening to what you're saying, and I'm hearing you, and a lot of that might be director. Based. I mean, this is. The, I mean, I'm saying he, the performances are fantastic. He doesn't have. This is his. What, is this one of his first dramatic? This is his first yeah, dramatic yeah. movie. I, he doesn't, I don't know if he knows how to be subtle. Right. I mean, comedy isn't subtle. I, I mean, agree, but uh, that's a problem in Oscar movie about Mary, Dumb and Dumber, Me, Myself, and Irene, right. Shallow Hell. Those, those are not subtle. Right. And I agree, but that's you a know, problem so when we're think, talking about Oscar movies. Because I think now you have someone like Mahershala Ali who can be subtle, who can do all these things, and he has the right facial expressions. But maybe let it sit in the background sometimes. Maybe let's not pull up close to it and make us watch it. If right. it, it's if not this, an actor issue. Yeah. If this you. movie is in the hands of another director, and and listen, I want to say I don't think that Peter Farrelly did a bad job with what no. he did. He was super serviceable. And also part of the reason I love work. it or I liked it a lot is because it's hilarious. I, yeah. I literally laughed very fun. I listen, a lot. He's, like, he's experienced behind the camera. He's a good hand. You know, he comes in and does the job just fine. He's serviceable. He just can't do those things to bring it to the next level. He didn't elevate it. And I think this movie, in the hands of a different director, Steve McQueen, um, you know, and getting Little Lip away from the project... Getting him away, yep. Carmine Jr. Get him away, you know, like it, get he some was, like writers. He was in clearly there. too involved in this. He's casting his family members. Who, listen, producer, writer, probably made sure he had like top writing credit and all that. Sure. Like, I think he was too involved. Hundred percent. And I think that the reason you have a Peter Farrelly here is that you needed a bit of a pushover for that to allow that to happen. Yes. Um, now Peter Farrelly's money's in this thing too. He's a producer in it also, so um, I'm sure he did certainly didn't mind having his name. Read at the Oscars, and he's got two statues sitting in his room now. Listen, so he's more than happy. You know, I love, I love him, and it's just when he was directing Shallow Hell. I'm sure he never envisioned yeah, an Oscar right. on a show. So, yeah. <laughs> Listen, I mean, I drafted Kingpin. I love him, but in something like this, you cast two actors who don't do at, as strong as these two are. I think when nobody's talking about this movie, you know, the act, the actors. This is an actors movie. movie. Yeah. yeah, I agree. But and then yeah. that's also maybe why I, I liked it because and I've said this multiple times on, on these podcasts and I love two actors in a room and that's mm. just the yeah. entire movie I and mean, that's all no, it is for sure. and like, we've said we love our road trip movies right? yeah. like we love road trip who doesn't love a road trip movie it, it, at the end of the day this movie made me feel good I, 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 I got the warm and fuzzies watching it and I watched it again and I, I felt the same way that's great but I do I am I, I, I do understand what you guys are saying and you're not wrong you know because it's hard because I don't dislike this movie but it's just if we were talking about a different context, like, it's just, it's a fine movie with fantastic actors. Yeah. You know, and I, I want to say, too, is that I don't think that this this movie fully broad brushes race. You know, it does show elements that are important to see in the sense of, okay, we have this, this room of elitists 
who are going to have this guy play for them, and it's so important that he's here, and that this is for the army, but they won't let him go to the bathroom. Right. And they're going to make him drive all the way back to his hotel. Right. And then everybody because will he, wait. They won't we'll use wait. the outhouse. Because they won't just do it. And then in the other room, don't even let him eat in the main room. Right. And you get that uh, horrible story about the Boston Celtics Oof. there and that, you know. And it's like that sort of stuff has a historical element of it. The Green Book itself has a historical element. So I think that, like, bringing to light the fact that there was a Green Book, that that's an actual thing that existed, that's way different than Crash, where you just get the guy arguing with the woman at the DMV and yes. then calling him Shaniqua and then call, like that. Yeah, that's, 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 there's nothing worse. That's that. the broad brushing. Yeah, yeah. Because so, this I, isn't racist showing of racism. They're, they're trying, I don't know that they always hit it, but they're trying to, they're trying to be sensitive. They're trying to make a point. I don't, I think Chris, what you said earlier about intent is so correct here. Like, I think they're trying to do something. Yeah. I don't, I wouldn't look at it or I don't look at it as they were trying to make a point because I think that point has been made. I think it's about just shining some light on some history that we all know is probably there, but now we're going to watch it actually go down. Right. And, well, and that's what I meant by their, their intent. They were trying to tell this story and show this perspe- these perspectives in a way that maybe hadn't been done. Like I said, they might have missed on, on some, in some ways, but I think their intent was to paint a picture of like what the reality of that time and this particular in, in that area was you know yeah and I, I did like how you know uh, Tony didn't know about the green book because the green book's a real thing I read a bunch of it today I found it it's it's interesting but I want to go back to what you said about kind of hearing about you know something we all know but maybe we don't know as much right because that's something we talked about a lot in 12 years a slave where that was just so mm. profoundly a Effective and every part of the storytelling yeah, was perfect. There's, and there's this where that movie cuts like a knife, right? Where it's this where it felt like a lot of scenes. It's like okay, you really wanted that to be in the trailer. Like what? Like what specifically? What, what I think Oleg in that thing? scene in um, Birmingham. I think when he talks about like oh the courage of a man to change a man's heart, mm-hmm. like that was clearly supposed to be in the trailer. There's yeah. a few things like that. I was like, fucking hey guys, like let these things breathe a little bit. Hmm. I do think they show the South in a different way. You know, I think it's, you know, in movies it's like North good, South bad. This shows how, okay, we make the left here and there's... Yeah, I, I, I will say though, they they did kind of, for me, it, they, they made some boo-boos there. Like when they come back, they're coming back up North and they get pulled over. In Maryland. I, again. And this time it's a completely different experience. Yeah. It's like I, that's, I'm not sure that the North was that evolved, right? And that's either. Yeah. And I want to just throw out there one of my least favorite things in movies, and I called out our good friend Brad Pitt on this in in Twelve Years a mm-hmm. Slave. Producers writing themselves into cameos in movies right. where they're this shining light of a good right. guy is among my least favorite things right. in the world. And the writer, the third writer, who isn't uh, Valvalanga and who isn't uh, Farrelly, his name is Brian Hayes, who yeah. has is quite the, the filmography. Is he the cop in that scene? He's the he's cop, cop in the Maryland scene, yes. Where it's snowing in the fire. Yes, and he helps him change and the tires. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the yeah. third I, producer. I didn't know that, and I still didn't like the scene. Yeah. I'm like, well, oh, oh, now that they're safe in the north, right. like, I don't think that's accurate. And that scene, I, I gotta say, though, his filmography is interesting because he's like an, an ex, he's credited in these movies, but he's just as like super minor roles. Three movies he's credited in, Armageddon, a movie that we've talked before about. Love Armageddon. That's not heavy-handed at all. Super heavy-handed, but it's not supposed to be heavy-handed. Con Air. Oh, man. Beautiful movie. 
And a movie that uh, was wonderfully highlighted on Rewind 2552 with our good friend Grant Z. Beverly oh my God. Hills Ninja. Fantastic. <laughs> what a filmography he brought That's, together. I mean, hey. Those three movies, boom, Oscar. You know, like, I just go right up there. <laughs> two Oscars, by the way, too. Yeah, much better filmography than me, but, you know, and the other thing with the, why that snow scene was so stupid, Chris, because mm-hmm. is earlier in the movie when Dr. Shirley says, if you were at the bar in your neighborhood and I walked in, how different would it be? So, like, they're tr- they point out earlier that, yeah. hey, maybe the South, maybe the North isn't this evolved place role right. pretending it is. But then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, no, let's stop traffic and get you. Right. Maybe they're not arresting you at, like, the absurd racism and yeah. making, but, you know. But they're not, they're, they're not, they, yeah, they're not completely evolved and, 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 you know. I do think maybe they were trying to balance out a beat with police officers. That could have been one of their intents. You know, they showed, they showed some really horrific cops in the South. Maryland still is South-ish, I guess, you know, that maybe they just wanted to be like, they didn't want it to come out in the movie that all comes to bad. That's what I took out of it. That's I mean, actually probably the answer. So. But that doesn't make it any better, by the way. No. No, and casting, the producer casting himself in the yeah. role is beyond the box. Yeah, no, that's awful. All right, since we're talking Peter Farrelly, I want to take a little time to, to, to have a little fun going through his filmography because it's a very interesting path to an Oscar. Before we do that, though, I, I have to talk about kind of the third principal character in this thing, and uh, Linda Cardellini, who I knew really kind of specifically from uh, from Bloodline, the show Bloodline, a Netflix show starring Kyle Chandler and Ben Mendelsohn. Uh, Bloodline, great show. Ben Mendelsohn's know. one of my favorite actors. He's great. So, totally agree. On in the, on the planet. So uh, yeah, and I'm hoping he's a guy that we'll be talking about at the yeah. Oscars one day too. Like I, Kyle Chandler, I really like too. I mean, he's a little he's. He leans a little more to the TV side. I mean, Friday Night Lights is, is fantastic. Oh, yeah. so good. And isn't it funny? Friday Night Lights had Kyle Chandler. It, it had Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. yeah. Who would have thought that the the one out of the cast that would get an Oscar nomination would be Jesse Plemons? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah the kicker. Yeah. The kicker. He's had a, quite the career. He has. Oh, yeah, what a career. Yeah. yeah. We, who knew? Who knew? Yeah. Th- <laughs> I mean, it's a big part of three major shows where yeah. you have a, him in, like you said, Friday Night Lights. Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad. He's Todd in Breaking Bad, and he's in Fargo. That's where he met yeah, his wife, yeah. uh, um, Kirsten Dunst, in, in yeah. the second season of Fargo. It's so. amazing. Um, yeah, but uh, Bloodline, a great show. Joey, that's not one you're familiar with. Never yet. seen yeah. that. I, Linda Cardellini, I, I go back to Freaks and Geeks with. Yes, that, oh, that's, that's how I originally. Lindsay Ware. Geeks, yeah. 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 It's, yeah. One, it's one season or two seasons? Well, sadly, I only think it's one, just one season. Yeah, yeah but it was, it's a great, it's a great Fantastic show, yeah. show. She's awesome in it. And I mean, talk about star stuff. I mean, James Franco and Seth Rogen. All pre fame, yeah, you know? it's crazy. Um, the the kid Lindsay, her brother, he wrote. He he's a big writer. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, he shows up in a lot of things. A lot of talent came out of fan, there. Judd, and Judd Apatow, he talks about how after they canceled it after one season for no reason, um, he pretty much said, "I'm going to make all of you famous." Jason yeah. Siegel, Jason he's Siegel's in it. Yeah. And talk Jesse Jason Siegel's in a move coming out in a movie this week with Jesse Plemons. It's yeah. those two and one oh, other wow. person. Super limited cast, and it looks really cool. Yeah. He, Jason Siegel's a, a like a robber breaking into a rich person's house. Hmm. Very cool. Yeah, Bloodline. She's Megan Bloodline. It's worth worth your time there. Yeah. I know some people don't love how it landed. First like, two seasons are great. The yeah, third one, you didn't. Of, it's, yeah. it's, it's, I, I dug it. I dug it all. It, it got a little wacky there in yeah. the third one, but it's a good cast though. Like just looking quick. I love how it's authentically filmed in the Florida Keys yeah. too. Like that's that's cool. Yeah. I love stuff yeah, like that. Uh, Joey, you 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 love that one. That's, yeah, that's I'll check one. it out. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a, great. It's a fun one. She's also in a small role in. A Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. If you want to oh, bring right. up Crash. Yeah, yeah. She's a little love interest for a bit there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So what do we think about her in this one? 
I, I think she's great. Another highlight, you know, uh, mm. acting. It's all about, you know, all three main, I mean, she's, I would say she's one of the three yeah. main characters and, and uh, she's great, really sweet, endearing, you know. I think if that character doesn't land, it's really hard to give a shit about Tony Lip. Mm-hmm. And I think she does a fantastic job. Yeah, that, uh, that that chemistry and that connection is essential for this movie. I don't think it's perfect. No. No. But I, I do like the casting, and I do like what she did with it. And, I mean... Uh, my only complaints with her are when it's interacting with the other family members. Well it's said. never with Tony or, at the end, with Dr. Shirley. That's when she's with other actors. I was just going to say, she got no help. Right. Other yeah. than from Vigo... And and from a, a just I guess there's sort of interactions with her and Mahershala. We don't really see that, them on screen here at the end, but there's the a phone. lot of there's connective tissue between the two of them. When it's her, that's with the them. part that I thought could have been a little stronger. Like mm-hmm. I would have liked to see something a little more. They could have committed to it because they were yeah they were they were hinting at it and they were trying mm-hmm. to draw this connection even in, in the beginning when uh, when Tony Lip first interviews and he goes you're married mm, this isn't gonna work like. I wanted more of that. I, I wanted agree. the. I wanted, and, and he's helping her write the love letters. I wanted to really feel a connection between Linda Cardellini and and Doctor Shirley. I think that's and the it, director and writers couldn't do it. Yeah, because I agree with you that that was missing so hard. Yeah, but that's not that's not her fault. No, no, no not no, her no, fault. No, no, no. Yeah. no that's, that's directors just a, and writers. That's a that's a presentation thing. Yes. there's nuance that could have been. She used also is, is a little seems a little young and a little too attractive to be. To be with Tony Lip, uh, I don't know. You know, you know what I mean. Like, it seems like a mismatch. Fred uh, Flintstone taught me a long time ago that that doesn't. Uh, yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, he <laughs> really is what yeah. Fred Flintstone is. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's well a perfect, uh, perfect. No, comparison. I. You know, but the chemistry still worked. Like, because sometimes you know that casting of the, you know, really good looking, clearly younger, with the. Is she that younger than him though? It seems like in the movie. I, I mean, I, maybe I, not in real life. I, I mean, he looks. I didn't. Yeah, he, I, I mean, didn't he looks, hit me. He looks terrible in this movie, right? I mean, on purpose. He, yeah, yeah. But you know, sometimes that doesn't work. The chemistry with these two worked. Like I believed he looks way me. better than the real life Tony Lip. Oh, <laughs> oh, again, we we know him from Sopranos and uh, the the real. I, I guess you should explain that. At some yeah. Point. So yeah, we've hinted at the Sopranos references a, yeah. a, a little bit There's here. A, so some people might not understand yeah. what we're talking so about. So the the New York boss on the Sopranos is Carmine, Carmine Lupitazzi, and he is portrayed by. The real life Tony Lip, the real guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, the I read all of yeah, yeah. yeah. And I didn't know until Kieran told me, and I he, I mean, I literally almost dropped dead because I was so surprised. I was like, "What are you talking about?" And then I looked it up. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, he has yeah. quite an IMDb history. No, yeah, yeah. And, and Carmine Lupitazzi. He was in good. I think he's in he's good fellas. fellas as well. Now, in Carmine Lupitazzi on the show, he's a New York boss, has a son, Carmine Jr. Yeah, and Carmine Jr. Is he's kind of he's called Little Carmine, Little Carmine, yeah, yeah, yeah Little Carmine, yeah. right? And that's the joke I was making with and Carmine. He's a giant idiot in the show. Yeah, and he's kind of got one foot in, one foot out of the of the mob business. He's not really a mobster. He, well, he makes a play around season four, I think. And he makes a play to be boss after his dad dies. And yeah, but short lived. Yeah, he's yeah. kind of like largely like he he's just born into the family yeah. and he's kind of more of a he's not a, taken seriously more of a peacemaker he kind of like connects people yeah. and little okay. yeah, and that, and, but he gets into the movie business as oh. a producer yes. and that's kind of where there's oh, a little really bit funny. of life yeah. uh, reacting because oh. I think that Tony Lip Jr. Nikki 
uh, Nicky Valangua in real life, I think he, he had a couple efforts in the 90s yes. before The Sopranos. So there was probably a little bit of... Um, of, yeah, he uh, tried to get some stuff. Yeah. A lot of the Sopranos, a lot of the comic relief comes from Carmine, Little Carmine. Yes, uh, yeah. Because he, he's, he's very unintelligent, not well-spoken. I don't know if you guys read this too, but Viggo Mortensen watched episodes of Sopranos yes. to get down yeah, to the, yeah, Tony Lip's nuances in that. Yeah, and I mean, he, he's not in it. Uh, he's not in Sopranos. He's, he's a figure, he's a character in Sopranos for a long time. But he doesn't get a lot of screen time, really. Not a ton. No, he's yeah. more of an entity. Yeah, he's you more know, of an he's the because I mean, Sopranos focuses around for those who don't know, focuses around the, the Jersey. Jersey mob. Yeah, and, and he's, he's the New York. York. Yeah, he's yeah. the head of the, the, the New York. So they interact here or there because yeah. they don't. They're they're running different territories, but they do have instances where their their interests collide. A great a great uh, line is uh, just so you know, Don's don't wear shorts. <laughs> he, gets, he gives Tony shit for wearing shorts at a barbecue. <laughs> Don doesn't wear shorts. Right. So, any any other Sopranos thoughts? We got to get him out now, Joe. We can yeah, let Joey no, back. I'm good. I'll, I'll, I'll let I'll let it lie uh, so Joey doesn't jump out the window. I, I do love though that he watched the Sopranos to get to get that to character get the, down cadence, to get his cadence right yeah. to get his uh, speech patterns. I wish like the that. rest of the cast did the same thing yeah, because no they there was a lot of like those like. You know, but oh no, like a lot yeah, of those yeah, yeah. phrases that were like forced in this, yes. and that's one of the things that Sopranos does so well. Yeah. The gabagool, and the, they sure. they make it so you want to say it too, yeah. not like oh god, here we go with these guys. You know, yeah, like, even like Goodfellas and and Casino, those the, the movies, they don't. Or, I mean, Godfather, they didn't do that. Sopranos really nailed that stuff yeah. home, like how mm-hmm. how a, a I mean, in the Sopranos, the mob guys are more working class than like. Are depicted in the Goodfellas, for instance. Yeah. They're, they're depicted in Goodfellas as more like almost celebrity figure, local celebrities. Where in, in Sopranos, they're they're more working class, grinding it out kind of guys, and so they talk that way. You know? Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, but do they don't they don't do a lot of speaking in Italian in the Sopranos? No. Does Tony talk? I don't think he can. You don't. Very he he can't. He understands so, it. So there's like there's a little bit of charm to that too, where they're yeah. speaking. They're speaking the slang, but they're not speaking the language. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, that is accurate because, like, for instance, my wife can understand. She's Indian. She can understand Hindi, okay. but doesn't really speak it. Like, she, she okay. you know, right, she can right, understand right. her mom speaking it. Like, she, if her mom's speaking it, she knows exactly what yeah. she's saying, but okay. And so that, I, think that's where, I think that's where Tony's at. Like, he can understand. That's how that my dad it was. I don't know anymore because yeah. his parents spoke Italian. I don't, sure. you know, they're dead souls. Yeah, and in this movie, it felt like you have speakers of the language who were emphasizing the slang and that's just not it didn't feel organic it felt like you know we're gonna you know we're gonna hammer home i don't want to say you know offensive words here but we're gonna hammer on certain things so that so that the the american ear at home knows that this is you know this is sopranos talk or like this is this is good fellas so good i mean the couple cabanas they obviously italian american stuff it seems to be taken from a lot of other media right Sopranos, Godfellas, yep. whatever it is. Like, yes. For Italian-Americans living in the Northeast, for their lives, it seems like they should have been a little bit more nuanced with it where it's just not going to land for us living yeah. in the Northeast. Yeah, I mean, this guy, listen, Tony Lip, he was brushing up against organized crime. He was in know? it, they just pulled it back. Well, I don't think he time. was... I, I got the impression he was trying to stay out of it. That's why in the movie, eating, he's eating 18 hot dogs. Right, that's know, the way I mean, his son makes it to show the moral compass his dad right, has. Yeah. I don't, I don't know in real life if he was uh, more... Uh, involved than than in the movie, but what's interesting too to me is you have, you know, this the screenplay is is, is written written by 
Nikki Bell Longo, and, and young Nikki's in the movie. So it, he's telling his own life story in a way, too. But again, his dad was away a lot, so he wasn't there. So it, and it does come off as, like, stories my dad told me. Like, it really, yeah, it yeah, really yeah. Does, is written that way. Or, or, or as a son wanting... Right. To remember them. Wanting yeah. to remember right. him a certain way. Yeah, his interpretation of the tall tales that he right. heard. But like, my, he didn't take the easy money from the mob. He sold his prized watch. No, I, you know, right. and I don't... Exactly. Listen, I don't mean to compare Nicky Vallelonga to Kenneth Branagh, but I'm going to do that. You know, because if you look at a movie like Belfast, Ooh, that that's is just... like... It's about... It's his life in Northern Ireland, but like he doesn't... Just doesn't feel like you know. The, I don't mean to use the art. You know, this is my story. I'm Ron Howard. This is my story. Like he doesn't like. He, it's not forcing you that this is how I grew up. This is my story, and I'm you're gonna look. Well, he tells it in in it's such an artistic way. I mean, it is, where but it, it just feels it feels real. It feels like you were there. It feels like it, it. You know. You know what this feels like to me, and I'm I'm probably gonna get shit because a lot of people like this the movie. I I've never liked it. It felt a lot like The Bronx Tale. I agree, dude. It's so. It, it's so over the top and so like this is my story this is what it was like and it's like bullshit like it, it doesn't seem authentic at all like, I agree with all of that yeah, yeah. all I, of that I, I don't I'm not a Bronx I'm not a, a lot of people like it I'm not I mean uh, uh, Chaz Palminteri literally does the live yes. show in the town we are in right now he does it uh, regularly at, yeah. up the, the, the one theater. man show yeah, yeah the theater in our town yeah. he's regularly does it and people love it it all sells out all the time there's one very good scene in that movie I the bar scene with the bikers. Yes, that's the best yeah. scene in the movie. But even that, I mean, that, that movie is way over the top. 100%. And, and does not, never thought felt authentic to me in any way. And yeah. this one kind of And this is a, this a is bit. a version of that 30 years later. Right. Yeah. Kind of just watered down a bit. Yeah. You know, it, right. I, I, that's a, that's a good comparison to make, Chris. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I agree. But I also like the Belfast. Belfast is like best case scenario, how these movies can go where it feels lived in, but, I mean, but Belfast is worlds better than this movie. That's what I'm saying. It's best. It's it's so good and so lived in and just, it's not trying to force. It's just, this is what it was. This is how I saw it as a kid. Yeah, I've, I've heard people right. criticize Belfast as being spoon-fed, which is interesting I know, to me. And, but that's wrong. <laughs> like that's, that's, I don't like, I, I, I can't argue that it's not like a lot of it is there for you. You know, it's not trying to be too cryptic and hidden it's it's out there but it's a historical you, event you're though. watching so, through the eyes of a child right so like what like you're how not, does a child see things this you know, isn't so. an adult who's fighting in it this is a kid like that's that i've seen that as well and it's just i think that's people who want to shit on it to raise up the thing that they like better and not having an actual take yeah all right so i, I do <laughs> I do. We don't want to turn this into a Belfast podcast here, but I, I do want to uh, turn it into a shallow hell podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I want to go through Peter Farrelly's filmography because I just don't think we'll ever cover another director's or filmography here. That's this unless it's a specialty episode, right? So I have to go through this because there are some there are some just absolute gems on here. There are some head scratching ones. All right, so his directorial debut. Another road trip movie, an absolute classic that should one have been up for multiple Oscars, Dumb and Dumber. One of the best ever. Dumb and Dumber, what is our relationship here? I mean, that's classic, it's all time. You know. I remember seeing that for the first time in my cousin's house in Port Jefferson, and I 
it's still one of the hardest I've ever left watching a thing. It holds up so well. I think today. I saw it in the theater, to be honest. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. What, what year? What year is Dumb and Dumber? Ninety. Ninety-four. Ninety-four. Yeah. I, 94. I mean, I was definitely like early teenager. So you're like perfect age to like yeah, sneak yeah, in there, yeah. geeking out, like watching that. Oh, I think I watched awesome. it with, which with my dad. I'm sure we both laughed our asses. It's awesome. I had a family friend bring over the. The CD of the soundtrack, and like back then, this is when you had someone had the CD, you'd you'd tape the mm-hmm. CD onto a cassette tape. Mm-hmm. So then I would have the cassette tape of yep. the of the wow. Dumb and Dumber soundtrack. It's a low key, really, low key, really good soundtrack. Could be crash test dummies yep. on there, uh, among others. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean that. I mean it's also during Jim Carrey's like all time run. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. it's it's Ace Ventura, The Mask, yeah. Dumb and Dumber. Uh, yeah, right yeah. in the heat of And then putting just yeah. Jeff Daniels in there, just to, yeah. Yeah, 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 just a low-key great comedic right. performance by Jeff Daniels. I, think, I feel like that movie kind of hurt Jeff Daniels for a while. I didn't think of him any other way but like a, like a dumb comedian, a comedic actor until like way later. Yeah, what's, what's funny though is I guess a year later or so he's at a celebrity event, Jeff Daniels, and Clint Eastwood comes up to him, walks his box up to him and goes, yeah, I saw that, uh, saw that Dumb and Dumber movie. I really liked you in it. Yeah. And he's like, oh, thanks. He goes, you know that scene with you uh, on the toilet, the broken toilet? He's like, yeah. He goes, that actually happened to me. <laughs> and he just walks away. <laughs> and like a year later, he casts him in one of his movies and, and uh, Jeff Daniels plays a major role in one of his movies because of what he did in Dumb and because he wanted a guy who could who cool. had a... It was serious act because Jeff Downs is a stage actor. Right. He's he a, wanted a stage actor who could do the comedy thing too. So that's, well, that, and that's what I'm saying is that like, you now I know he's a, this great dramatic actor, but I think that movie... Like, it's so over the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it just threw, threw everybody through a loop. Like He has some Got recent, him into a Clint film though. He has some recent record of like most performances of a show on Broadway. Oh, wow. He row, does yeah. the, uh, the To Kill a Mockingbird yeah. now. These yep. days, right and now. like it's like the most performances by one starring. Yeah. Cool. When, yeah. when he really came back to my life big time was uh, when he did that show the newsroom that oh yeah, yeah you were a bit yeah the Sorkin I, him thing, but yeah. him I mean Sorkin and him together was uh, was That's a great combination show. for me uh, but he, I was really oh wow I forgot about I forgot how great this guy is you know Livia Munn in that one too she's oh yeah mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm, uh, super I'm, formative I'm a very big fan uh, of d- the next two here are, are two BPC relevant ones just because they're in either of our tournaments that we're running right now, you have in '96 is Kingpin, which Joe had me in the let's uh, the go sports tournament. Let's movie. go. I'm embarrassed to have never seen that. One. Oh wow! Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh man, I know, Kingpin I know. was one. I, I've I've alluded to a few movies it, here. It, the bowl, it's bowl, the bowling, bowling, Bill Murray, one Woody Harrelson, one arm or no? Uh, about that? Uh, he it's does. Yes, yeah, he loses his right. hand. And he's Bill Murray, hook. Woody Harrelson. Yeah. It's just. Uh, I mean, everybody. Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. Where Randy? Randy Quaid. Who's the one in, in Independence Day? That's Randy, that's, I believe. That's Randy. Randy, yeah. yeah. The goofier one. The right? one who's lost his mind. Yes, yeah. Yes. He plays a, he yes. plays a uh, not a Mormon, Amish. but a, an Amish. Amish. He lives as an Amish guy, yeah. Yeah, I know. So, yeah. For some reason, I've never seen that one. I know it's... Impossible. I've alluded to a couple of these movies here that when, I, when I was growing up and we got Showtime and we would just tape them and rewatch them and Kingpin was one of them and I, I would watch that one like once a day. I remember... I saw that... In- Theater right in Levittown. Unbelievable. That movie, I've no, seen... Worth, worth checking. Just yeah. a, a Chris, fun you movie. would laugh your ass off. I'm sure I would. I'm sure I would. And you get, like, great actors in it, too. Yeah, Woody Harrelson and Bill Murray. and yeah. Bill Murray with the scene with the hair. Oh, yeah, it's just yeah, great stuff. Something About Mary. Already was yeah. the number one pick in our rom-com. Yeah. It's another one that was just, at the time, I mean, this is, again, in 98, Joe and we were in eighth grade. So, right. so this was, like, I mean, that was a phenomenon. 
Yeah, it was yeah. a huge yeah. deal. I remember yeah. how hard it was to rent from Blockbuster. Yeah. And I, re- oh, yeah. I, like, I remember specifically, we were at our friend's house. Everybody wanted to watch it. We actually sat there and waited what a until, different time. until somebody <laughs> returned it. And then the, 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 kid, the kid behind the counter was like, if somebody puts it through the Dropbox, I'll rent it for you. And that's how we got wow. it to watch it. What a different time. I, I have to say, the, the one thing about that movie that doesn't age well... I, and I, I know people like him. I, I cannot stand Chris Elliott. Like, <laughs> and, and he's particularly disgusting in that movie. He's always disgusting. Yes. Like, is he, am I wrong about that? Everything he's in, he's just gross oh, for some reason. Disgu- yeah, 100%. Oh. That's just his, like, gimmick. I know. And I, I, I know people think he's funny. Shit's Creek. He's been on that show. And I just can't stand him, dude. He's in one of my picks, uh, Groundhog Day. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. At least he's kind of normal. Yeah, he's normal getting somewhat normal in that. Yeah. He's not playing a, a heavy comedic role, but... Up next is Me, Myself, and Irene. That's Jim Carrey again yep. there. Any real... great, great movie. I, like I, yeah. I really, I really enjoy that, that one. Was that one of your favorites, Karen? So, I saw it once and just don't really remember it that much. I think I was on a date and wasn't really paying attention <laughs> I, I to just, the movie kind there's of situation. Some, there's some very funny scenes about like the switching and that just... I, I particularly like the scene where he has... He, doesn't realize that he has had sex. That's exactly what I was talking about. He goes in the bathroom and he's peeing all over the bathroom. It's like... Osmosis Jones? Is that animated? Yeah, it's animated. I've never seen it. Is it partially animated? I don't know. I've never seen it. it might be somewhat live action too. I don't know. Shallow Howl's next. And Ooh, that one has an age for No. And that was on... I, I saw that in the theaters. So and I don't think I'd seen it since. And it was on TV the other day, and I'm like, oh, I gotta watch this just to see what sort of train wreck this is. Yeah, how bad is not it? Not great. Huh? Um, I remember it, but yeah, a little bit of a tough hang. A little yeah, bit of a tough hang. That, that, yeah. that's, that's not going well. I love Gwyneth Paltrow, but you know, it's an interesting. I mean, Jack, I'm a big Jack Black fan. Oh, I love Jack Black. I mean, you know, but that one is. Yeah. I don't have to see it again to know that. It right. Yeah. I haven't seen that movie in a very long time. It's probably gonna stay that way. Yeah. New York Mets announcer Ron Darling is in that one. Stars as the uh, the good looking version of the the heavy set Hawaiian guy. Oh yeah. shit! Stuck on you. I think things start to get a little yeah. dicey. Yep. That Damon has some funny stories about having to shit during that filming. Like that's the best part of the that's, movie. That's Damon and Kinnear are yep. like Siamese twins. Is yeah. That yeah. Jesus. Kinnear Kinnear's a tough hang these days too. I mean, yeah. just, his career didn't. Go. I do like him, but it's, his career didn't go his in the ca- right his direction. Career didn't go where everybody thought it was going to. No, so, yeah. something happened somewhere in there. Yeah. That movie did not help because it's that's not good. Yeah, that, he's in the remake of The Stand, the Stephen King's uh, The Stand, oh, is he, on I, CBS All Access. Does an okay job. Is his? It's not a great remake. Top of the Mountain was definitely uh, what, as, good, as good as it gets, probably. As good as it gets was his Oscar nom. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah I think it goes downhill after that. Uh, yeah. This one, boy, this movie takes such a beating around here. And I think it's partially because we're in New York. I actually had no idea that Peter Farrelly directed this. I am a, a like a, a lone defender of this movie. It's Fever Pitch, the Boston Red Sox movie. It's fine. I, 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 yeah. Boy, people hate this movie. I don't here, know why. Well, because they're Yankee fans. So am I. Grow up. It's a it's, fucking movie. Yeah. yeah, okay. But also, uh, Jimmy Fallon is not a good actor. Dude. He's, he's <sighs> not good. But I, I mean, th- I can't argue with that. But there's something about that's why that. I like there's something him. I like about him. Yeah, it's. Uh, I like him. I think he's. I, honestly, he found the perfect yes place where he is now. Tonight Show is yeah, perfect. Yeah, and he's the definitely. only one of those late night, the current late night guys I can tolerate. Oh, like, yeah, I, I, he's 100%. very likable. Yeah. Uh, he has great rapport. And they, they do funny like bits and stuff. I mean, yeah. It's perfect for him. Dude, even SNL drove me crazy. Although he's in some funny bits, he's always laughing. It's like, shut the fuck up. He's biggest I fan. I didn't love him on SNL. Yeah. I'll say that, yeah. Because of that. Like, right. Yeah, dude, he won me over a little breaking later. Breaking occasionally is really funny. Breaking every time is fucking annoying. Yeah, he turned it into a gimmick. Yeah, right. Yeah. 
so I mean, Fever Pitch isn't good, but it's charming, and I think a lot of the charm is that I feel like it's not Jimmy Fallon trying to act just like I'm Jimmy Fallon baseball fan. Yeah, yeah, I, and I just love Drew Barrymore too. Me too. You are catching She's... Barrymore. In a, the right time on that. Yeah, movie. She, she's true. Barrymore, I'm, I'm always happy to see. She crushes that role yeah. here. Um, kind of, he kind of goes off here a little bit. Uh, uh, the Heartbreak Kid, I don't know. Oh, yep. he did the Heartbreak Kid. Yeah, Heartbreak like... Kid is really funny, and it's way darker than it has any right being. It's huh. Ben Stiller meets a girl real quick, marries her, gets their honeymoon, realizes he hates her, falls in love with another girl. It's all sorts. It's real fucked up. It's really. Um, my wife didn't know what it was and saw it with her mom in the theaters and was super uncomfortable so she has funny stories about that it's it's a funny movie it's, it's, it's underrated I didn't realize that was him yeah we should mention too that most of these movies he's directing with his brother, brother. yes yeah. Hall Pass is another one that, that was in one of our that that was was a, sub 50 tournament was sub 50 yeah. Yeah, yeah but I think I feel like people like that movie I, I'm surprised it's a it's sub Jason Sudeikis and um, yeah. Owen Wilson it's, I don't I don't dislike it I mean I, I've only seen it once around when it came out and yeah. I remember being entertained I like it one of we're in disaster mode now. The remake of the Three Stooges. I mean, I, I never guys. saw that. I mean, that yeah, that's, that's. I mean, that was in no. theaters for like. I don't even think that was in theaters long enough to be eligible for awards. Yeah, season. I re- just remember they hosted a Raw, and it was yep. like one of the biggest disasters I think they've ever. Done they couldn't host a thirty-second segment in Raw. Yikes! Yeah. Uh, the movie Forty Three is uh, is in there too. One of my recommends. Uh, and honestly, man, if you're gonna, that's that movie goes for it hard. Yes, like, I love it. I, yeah. I was my recommended yep. around the world in eighty days playing off the cameo version of it's. I mean, it's obviously not good, and well, but it's. I, but okay, what's good? Like, like I don't know. I just I, well, I think um, there, there's I a, think Siskel Eber called it the Citizen Kane of bad movies. Yeah. <laughs> That's not understanding <laughs> what it is, dude. Exactly for what it is. I mean, it, if you're gonna go for it, you're, right. it goes for it. When you're putting yeah. balls on Wolverine's face, dude. I literally remember watching that and being like, "Did somebody slip me acid? Like, what, I, what is this?" Like, it's a it's a fun experience. I did like, not really, expect what I saw. Yeah, like, no, way. and it just it doesn't ever let you get comfortable. Either. Nope. It just keeps moving on to yeah. the next one. The one with like Johnny Knoxville and the leprechaun. Yep. Like what? It's insane. <laughs> the, 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 it's a vacuum or something that or a robot or something. People are like putting their penises. Yep. in. Yeah, that's like Richard Gere. Yeah. I think is in that one. <laughs> Holly, Be- like the cast is insane. I know. It's like well, all that's, like that's what kind of gives it some sort of gravitas. Yeah. Yeah. Like so many people decided to do it. Go know? check it out. And there's a below freezing episode. Yeah, so you can that's, check a, out that's one you should check out. Just if you just want to like die laughing. For yeah, it just you know what? or just be confused you know? or yeah, just yeah. like yeah, just you need 90 minutes to just unwind, relax, yeah, and just yeah. figure out what the fuck you're looking at. Exactly. That's not the movie he does before Green Book, is it? It is. No, he's got the well. He, it, it bef- so Ooh. that's 2013. He's got the the sequel, the real sequel to Dumb and Dumber, Dumb and Dumber uh, which is not Two, good, which is bad. I saw it in theaters. Movie. Yeah, it's that's not great. Yeah, and then Green Book is next. So I what mean, a what wow. a leap! <laughs> that's unbelievable, dude. <laughs> really what does is. he do after Green Book? I, I, you retire, dude. That's it. That's, that's, Run it. for the fucking Get the hills. Fuck out. Did it like. The heist of a century. Yeah, uh, he does. Looks like he did a couple TV series. Louder Milk. I've never heard of that. It's 16 episodes. Uh-oh, Joey. It's got milk in it. You're, you're in yeah. trouble. It's not just milk. It's louder, louder milk. milk. <laughs> um, and The Now is a miniseries. Uh, I think and, that's not out. Oh, okay. Yet. 2021, Oh, okay. It says. Oh, it does? Okay. Maybe it just came out, or, or maybe it was produced in 2021. And then he has, uh, he has a movie coming out this year. It's in post-production called 
the greatest beer run ever. So probably that's not going a, for another Oscar. That's a fantastic one. book. I was gonna oh, Zach Efron starring in that movie. Wow. The book is fucking awesome. It's a guy from New York. His but he was a merchant marine. He got back. His buddies were all in Vietnam, and the community they didn't have a way of getting into it. He used his um, credentials as a merchant marine to get to Vietnam, and he he had packs of beer, and he went and found all the guys from the neighborhood. Maybe he's going for an Oscar. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's I read the. Uh, it's a fantastic I, book. I love that. Me too. I do too. Like a lot. Oh my! I'm, too. I'm, I'm not going to get any arguments here. I'm on the record on this podcast. I love Zac Efron. Yeah. I actually, I think he's a good actor. I agree. And he's devastatingly handsome. So handsome. <laughs> he's, it's insane. It's I not mean, fair. It's not fair. It's, I get. Yeah, I do get mad about that. I'm like, nobody should be that good looking. Also in the greatest beer run ever, Kyle Allen, Russell Crowe, and Bill oh, Murray. Wow. Okay. So that sounds some, interesting. Got some names in there. Yeah. The I'll story's that, amazing, and it's a really easy book to read. I would highly recommend the book. It's really All cool. Right. Russell Crowe, back in the mix. All right, let's get back to Green Book here. So we haven't talked a ton about the music here. Chris, I know you wanted to, to bring that up. I, all, all the, you know, listen, I don't want to go into it, like, we don't have to really dive deep into it, but I, I just want to mention that, I mean, this is a movie that centers around a performer, and the music is beautiful. I mean, I, the, the piano playing, I know it's not, it's not actually the actor doing it, but I really enjoyed it, and I, I enjoyed I enjoyed the scenes where Tony Lip is is watching watching Don play. Nobody could like, do what you do. Yeah, I, I really that's where like I feel like a lot of the heart of the movie is. I think where he they, the connection becomes uh, more substantial is as he's touring with him, and he's watching him perform, and he's realizing this guy is like a genius and a beautiful musician, and he 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 gets this appreciation for him through the music and, yeah and i i think that's a really like really important part of the movie the letters kind of convey that a bit too because he's obviously he can't he's not a great writer and he's got to write i like no, hot dogs right. I, ate yeah. <laughs> I, I, I dug the letters in this though that yeah. was kind of one of the things that i liked one of the things i really liked about the movie was just this the progression of the letters and and how he got to, but I, I liked the whole you know he must be a genius yeah you know maybe that's why he's so quiet I don't know that thinking. I'd. Yeah, he's, I don't know that I'd want to be that kind of right. genius. Like I think I, yeah. that doesn't sound fun to me. Like it, it does. It does show amount of pressure that he uh, that uh, Shirley Doctor Shirley has on himself, and also the that there's a price to be paid for that genius, right? Yes. He's obviously suffering, you know, for a lot of reasons. But part of it is is that he is gifted and. and uh... Yeah, and and that is probably the area of the movie that has the most depth. Yeah. If, you know, that isn't as surface level. And they could have gone more into that. They, we could have gotten more of the tortured genius. Yeah. But we do get the good scenes of him listening. He's drinking the, the uh, was it Cuddy Shark? Yeah. Cuddy Sark. Cuddy Sark, okay, which is scotch, essentially. It's a yeah. scotch. It's in a, yeah. Last time I was here for Bridge in the River Quiet, I brought scotch. I wasn't going to do it again. I actually, <laughs> so I actually went to the liquor store. Do they have it? They only Cuddy had the Sark, big bottle. Yeah. I wanted the little bottle, and I Cuddy was like, Sark oh, it's pretty common. It's, oh, yeah. it's still it? Okay, it's not, it's, not like a... Not it's a good. super cool bottle, because it's a yeah. green bottle with a, with a yeah, yellow label. Is it a yellow label? It's yeah. a yellow label, and it has a schooner on it. It's a really yeah. cool bottle. It's the same label they've had forever. forever. It's the same label in the movie. Is it expensive? It's moderately expensive. It's like, I, I liked the, just the concept of, like, he's going to drink a bottle of that every night in his room. The, the, him... Sitting in the lawn chair with the guys playing horseshoes. That was like, that. That scene. I really liked his drunken acting. I thought yes. it was really well done. Uh, yes. Especially the amount he he was drinking is mm -hmm. substantial. 
you know, he has had a hard time kind of standing up. He doesn't play it like, yeah, slurring his words or anything like nope. that. He just does it very yeah, subtle. Yeah, just kind of like googly-eyed and not, like, he didn't, yeah. yeah, he didn't do it. Like a guy who gets drunk every night. Yeah. No, like, yeah. he did it in, in a yeah. realistic right. but yeah. subtle manner, which yes. I really appreciate. Yeah, Cameron and I both see a lot of drunk people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. It was it was pretty well done. I, I really enjoyed that part yeah. of his performance. Uh, it's uncomfortable. It's not fun to Supposed watch. Supposed to be. No. Yeah, which, exactly right. Yeah. Ooh, that is a tough scene in the bar. I think Vigo plays that pretty well, too, where he doesn't, you know, he doesn't go into ultra, uh, ultra tough guy mode. He turns, because earlier in the movie, he's way more Terry Funk in Roadhouse, <laughs> where he's, like, throwing punches right, in the yeah, Copa yeah, yeah. and, like, really, like, right. you know, like, we're not going to be nice until it's time to not be nice. Mm. Where that he went more Patrick Swayze later on. Goes, he's a problem hey, listen, solver. He, hand him over. Yeah. There's no problem. Well, he, what does he say? He's a, he's a good shit talker, he's right? Like, Tony Lip. He's yeah, a bull, yeah, the best yeah. bullshitter, bullshitter in the yeah. neighborhood. We see his Terry Funk to Dalton right. arc in that exact exactly. moment there. But, yeah. he, he, but he knows how, he reads the room well. Those scenes with the horseshoes, and I, I really liked that scene too. And again, I don't know that the movie did it perfect, but there were, I, I did love the, the connections of, of race and wealth, where he's a, a super wealthy man. He lives on, on top of Carnegie Hall, and he's super isolated. And now he's forced to be in these hotels, and he's something that he chose. This is a this is a, a a trek, a voyage that he wanted to be a part of. He seems comfortable in the decision that he's made to to be in these places. He knows yeah. what he's getting into. But when they need an extra man for horseshoes, yeah. he's not ready to to cut loose. And, well, because and, you know it's hey, he doesn't fit in anywhere, guys. Don't forget that. Well, that, yeah, well, but I, no, no, I well, no, I thought that it was. I see. I disagree with that. Because I think it, that's leading up to, uh, it's actually my quote of the movie, it's, le- le- it's leading up to uh, that moment where, uh, can I give my, my quote now? Yeah, let's do it. This is where Tony Lip doesn't understand that yes, he's wealthy, but he is isolated, he's alone. He, uh, and, and then there's a scene where Tony Lip in the car says, I'm blacker than you are. Yeah. Right. He gives a bunch After of reasons why that, that he right. thinks that that's true. Dr. Shirley says this, he says, so if I'm not black enough, and I'm not white enough, and I'm not man enough, then tell me, Tony, who am I? Yeah. Which is really, uh, so they're showing you in that moment that he doesn't fit in with, quote unquote, his own people, as, uh, as Tony would say. He obviously doesn't fit in with, with the people, the white people that he's going to play for. Mm. So where does this guy fit in? He's completely alone. You know, he's isolated, and that's... Yeah, we see that on, on Christmas Day, too, where he finally gets home from this big thing, and this was like, yeah. like, Tony had to get home for Christmas, right. so his wife said to him, if you don't come on Christmas, don't bother coming home. <laughs> and there was this rush through the snowstorm to get home, to get home, and they, they he got Tony home, and then he got to his house, and it was like... Cold. This is what I rushed home for. His like, assistant's there. And he sends the assistant is. home, and... And he even says at one point when they're arguing, he said... When Tony says, like, oh, you live up there, you sit in your yes. throne, he says, but I'm alone. So, Tony, yeah, that, that's Tony's perspective is you have all the money in the world. Like, what are, you, what are your problems? Like, I, I'm fighting and scraping to, and he doesn't realize, he doesn't see that other perspective. I'm like, I have all these things, but I'm completely alone. Right. And I don't fit in anywhere. And I'm hated by a large group of people for whatever reason, sexuality, race, whatever it is. Yeah. I'm not even accepted by my own people. Right, a lot of, a lot of pieces of shit in the world at that point. Yeah, and this is an area of the movie where we could have taken 20 minutes less of Tony Lip and invested that yeah. 
in Dr. Shirley's story sure. and added, adding a little more to that torture genius, a little more of that lonely wealth. Not to say that it wasn't un what they did wasn't unvaluable because that to me was the best part of the movie. You know, I thought I thought that character sh showed some layers there, and there was a, a bit of that there. I would have liked maybe twenty minutes less of Tony Lip and twenty minutes more of Doctor Shirley. Like maybe we and don't that, need the folding of the pizza. But I do. <laughs> it's, gonna, it's gonna come up later. I promise you. We have to be fair though. If we're going to beat the movie down for hand feeding and and connecting dots with permanent markers, this movie could have done the brother thing, because they alluded to this brother mm -hmm. and and it could have done like the phone call at the end where he calls yeah. the brother and it doesn't do it leaves that, and we find in later on in real life that there was a disconnect between right. him and his family that continued, that kind of bled into real life where their families now hopping in and saying, well, why aren't we getting credit for this? And it's like, well, we didn't know that you existed. We didn't know you existed. Yeah, right. I mean, um, which is going to lead into my quote of the movie now, since we're doing quotes. It's between Tony Lip and Dr. Shirley, as mostly the entire movie is. He's talking about his brother. And, you know, why don't you give your brother a call? Tony's line is, the world is full of lonely people who are afraid to make the first move. Yeah. Which is a great quote, you know, and if we, and if we could... Beat up the screenplay wherever you're going to be. Screen. That is a great line. That's a great one. And a, a line that can make anyone think about their own yeah. life and, and w whatever that means, or that means professionally, within your family, within Anything. your uh, yeah your social life, or wherever that might be. But love that line. But this was one I didn't even have to write down. I, I heard it and could and could just fire that one off. So. Joey, what was, now that we're just, we'll just do quotes, let's do them all in one group here. So let's actually, uh, so we're in the bar in Birmingham. Um, and they're talking, and Tony says... It's like what your friend the president said. Ask not your country what you can do for it. Ask what you can do for yourself. You know? Because <laughs> yeah, that's, that's great. great. That's a and, the, and the reason... I, that, so that's also my scene in the movie. The Birmingham bar scene went from when they walk into their eating to him playing and then the band coming up and playing with him. Yeah. It's a heavy-handed movie. It's a heavy-handed scene. But I liked it because I felt like so much of this movie, I think, is Dr. Shirley teaching Tony things, I think that was the first time where Tony was really able to, like, see how, like, he was having an effect both ways. You're talking about the, the scene where he's playing the piano in the... In the bar. Yeah. He, uh, takes, uh, he takes the whiskey, puts he puts it, it down. Because he doesn't want to it's be the It's absolutely the scene in the movie. Yeah. I did not find it heavy-handed, actually. I I thought it brought us home where we needed to go. Yeah. Now, it's, now, okay. It's the best scene in the movie. Uh, them walking out of the place and not playing there, which is a win... For all the viewers of the movie, yeah, because hundred percent, you're waiting fuck for all that these to happen the entire movie. Right. Yes. Fuck all these people, you know. But there, you you do get the listen. We said we were going to do this. We're gonna we're gonna put up with it. It's the last show. Let's just get it done. But he sees Tony stand like, up for him and not take the bribe. Yeah, That's and why. listen, the completionists yeah. in all of us, the completionists in all of us are like, oh, let's just check the box and let's go, so we yeah. can say we did it. But it's like, no, it's a bigger victory not doing it. Right. And him. Coming to the bar and put, and the musician in me really connected with that because lovers of music and people who dedicate themselves to uh, to playing music all share different tastes in in music. I mean, listen, some people love classical, some people love rock, some people love country, some people love rap, whatever it might be. But when strangers to each other and strangers to each other's genres come together. It's one of the best feelings that you can't describe as a musician. And, you know, I have been, I've been in, Chris, I think I've been in the segment with you, you know, before where, because you're, Chris, you play bass, I play, I play guitar. 
where I trick you into coming on stage and, you know, and, and I'm like, oh, we're going to play a Cure song. And you're like, all right, which one? I'm like, oh, you'll know it when it kicks in. And I played like a, a Zach Brown you know, chicken yeah. fried. And I'm looking at him with hate in my heart. Like, you but he knows the transitions because of the vibe sure. of the song we're doing. And he's like, he's like, oh, I hate that I know this so well. But And, and we jammed out. It was great. And it was a lot of fun. And, yeah. it, and it's just like the connecting of musicians, right. even if you're not in the same world in that. So I, I thought there That's was cool. a nice double plan. You know what? I don't, I'm sorry. Joey, uh, you know what I thought of, Kieran? Uh, as music- musicians in that scene where they choose not to play the show. Uh, if you are a musician and you play live and you have shows booked, do you know how hard it is and how heartbreaking it is to walk away no. from a gig? I mean, even if even under that circumstance, because a musician wants to play. Hmm. They want to play that show. So it, it means more than just, the, the, this is wrong and I'm going to stand up for myself. I'm also... I, it's what he loves. To, you would assume that's what he loves to do, mm-hmm. and he's not—he's purposely too. not doing it uh, to defend himself, which is the right thing to do. But also, you don't—I don't think a lot of people realize how heartbreaking that is for a musician to not play a show. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and Chris, that's—I'm so glad you brought up that point because it's there's more that goes into it than just rolling in the Steinway and yeah. and sitting down and doing something you're clearly very good at. You have to you have to build yourself up emotionally. Doesn't I don't care whether you're a beginner or whether you're Doctor Shirley, who's a, a genius or a, a, a phenom, a, a, yeah, a savant or what? Yeah, whatever it is. There's a buildup, and a and that clearly was one of the biggest shows on the thing. It was the end of the line, and Christmas he's leading show. up to this. He's about to eat his meal before the big show. The emotional letdown of not doing that is it's crippling, yes. and. You know, I, I mean, listen, I played, I don't want to make it about, about me, but I'm just trying to relate to, to it, is, is that like, I've played in front of empty bars, I've played on, on stages in front of quite a lot of people, and yes, they differ in how you approach, but you never don't get a little anxious, a little nervous, Absolutely. a little, have that little pit and, and saying, you know, I mean, it, it, whether you're on the stage, the same stage that, that bands like the Deftones and, you know, and Tool have, have played on before, Billy Joel have played on before, like, oh my God, I'm standing on this, or literally an empty bar in February where only the staff is there and you're, and you're playing for them. That feeling is still there. And, and, you, and you, to walk builds, away. And it builds up. Like, mm. like, you know, you think about it for maybe days or hours before leading up and you're, you're getting ready, you're about to play. And then this happens and you're like, that's a huge emotional swing. And I think that gets missed by people that maybe don't perform yeah. or have never performed. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I didn't think of that either, so I'm gra- glad you brought that up. It's just the, this, it's yeah. not just, hey, let's just not play the show. Like, yeah. there is something lost there. And yeah. you do have a band. You are, you know, letting your bandmates right. down, and, and they were there with them, and that was cool. It, it's not take, like taking a day off of your job. Like, right, right. It's not the same thing. <laughs> no. You know, no. Just, I feel hungover after. <laughs> and the payoff of him going to the bar, was it the Orange Bird? Yep. Was the name of the, the bar? Yeah. Bird, yes. The payoff of him going to that bar and releasing really um, yeah, getting to play anyway and uh, like, getting to play his music yeah moving the jar whiskey not being the cliche mm-hmm. he kept it to his standards yeah and he got a standing ovation from a yeah, bar sure and, and, and for people that probably had not been exposed to, to that the kind of music right. that he plays yeah. you know and the collab too you know playing with yeah. strangers playing with other up, musicians yeah. and also the type of music he plays is very classical very regimented it's not jam bandy. It's no, not, you no. know, hey, let's, you know, like, not we bluesy. the scene earlier on where he's like, little, little Richard's playing and he's like, you think you could play this? And he's like, oh, yes, this seems very complicated, right. you know. <laughs> but you see him later on where he's with the crew and it's, 
he, you know, he gets there, but he has to like, he has a second one goes, oh, I don't normally do this. And oh, all right. All right. And then he lets loose and he changes his style. And, and, and I even like when he stands up. Yes. Mm. Away from, off the bench. Yes. Off the piano bench yeah. for, you know, I can play like, like, I don't think he's ever probably done that. But That's like, his personality coming he's out. He's like, oh, but... wow, I can, I can let loose and have fun doing this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just business. You know? And what I hated, hated about this scene is how it ends in the parking lot yeah. with him firing off the gun. I know, that's not necessary. Oh, yeah. I yeah. hated it. I hated it the first time I saw it. I, rem- I was reminded about how much I hated it. It's just, it, t- it took away from the biggest emotional moment yep. of the movie. And maybe that's what they're trying to do. Maybe they wanted to snap you back to reality, but it seemed more about the callback to the gun before. Yeah. That should have been placed somewhere else. Anywhere in the else? Yeah. It, 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 it cheapened it cheapened yeah. that scene. It it it, it ticked it, me off. It also made the environment they were in now seem oh that's well that's the kind of a shady or scary place right which it could have been but it was like yeah. never flashed the hundred. I, yeah. I just oh I don't I like that. that. Yeah, I don't uh, like that. Listen, yeah, it wasn't necessary. No, it just it doesn't need to be. This he finally gets this moment. It doesn't need to be that he's still unsafe everywhere he goes. Like, why does this fucking guy have to be unsafe? Or like, that he still have that, a victory? That Tony's still teaching him um, how the real the world works. Right, because yeah. right? they, they, they've gone through that. Right, we don't already. need that there at this, that point. It's 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 a little diminutive. Yeah. Very. Yeah. They, they the next scene after that should have been them in the snow. Yeah, and, and I get, listen. Just, I don't think it was like meant to be harmful in that sense because it was a little of. Street smart versus it was unnecessary they, they, isolated. They, they, we that's should have been we've, earth, we've already that's been scorched earth by this point in the movie. Right. Yeah, well, we so should have been so we're we're past that. We have learned. Yeah. Tony took to turn down the bribe, almost put literally put the guy through the wall, quit. Excellent scene, and then we go back to the bullshit. Yeah. Like don't yeah. like let us yeah. let us enjoy this. Let us live in it. Okay, so I think we're we're about time to move into the awards. Is there anything else that we need to say about Green Book? About was there was there a scene that, that we didn't gloss over? Is there anything that that stands out that you guys wanted to get out? Well, maybe the ending. Um, yeah, the, or the, the Christmas. Yeah, the, yeah going I, back and yeah, just again. I I guess I'm a sucker for this heartwarming, uh, the cheesy shit. But I I I was rewarded by uh, you know. The, the, they're having the dinner. Tony seems a little disconnected. You know, he's, his head is obviously somewhere else with his with his friend. He just it was a very abrupt uh, end to their trip, right? It kind of yeah. Just like, All right, right. Yeah. See, happy Merry Christmas. Get out. You know? Yeah, he's he drove. He drove. Yeah. Doctor Shirley yeah. drove. He's from like Pittsburgh. Yeah. Drove him. Yeah. Ended up driving, letting him sleep. Kicked him out of the car. Basically, he's like, "All right, have a good Christmas. See you later." He invites him up. He doesn't come, and he's a little disconnected up at the dinner with his family. And then uh, uh, Doctor Shirley shows up. Which is, I, I found it to be a great payoff. Well, you, I, used, I you used a word there, cheesy. I didn't think that this movie was cheesy. I wouldn't describe it as cheesy. But even that, but that moment could have been construed as like, oh, okay, he showed up. Here he is. Like, yeah, no, I, I, you know, I, it was a little over dramatic having him be behind the other guy who was entering or leaving, maybe. But I, the, I don't know. The pawn shop guy. The, oh, well, the punch guy's returning the watch. Is no, no, he came with his wife because when <laughs> Sebastian Maniscalco picked up the wife, he like jokingly invited him. He's like, "You here? I didn't, I didn't really invite you." Dude, no, that's that actually. I hated his performance, but that that did make me laugh out loud when he he tells the punch up guy, "He's like, you came." He's like, "I was kidding." Because like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, that's totally yeah. funny. Dude. Like, yeah, I, that's, I, I, that's something I would do. Hey, you want to come? And then you show up like, "Are you actually came?" Like, fuck off! What are you doing here? No, this you. 
this movie won Best Comedy Musical at the Golden Globes. So we love to make fun of the Golden Globes here. But comedy sure. musical? That's just It's the Globes. Hard. The Martian was up for comedy. Is there musical. even enough movies in that category just to have a category? Because there's like slight comedy. Like what? It's it's, music? This is not a comedy. No, it's I mean, it's got, got comedic. It has tones. funny pieces to it, but it's not. It's because Peter Farrelly directed right. it. It's a comedy. I I found it to be funny very often, for sure. Would you want to know what won Best Drama? What? what? Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh. Fuck. <laughs> How is that not a musical? What? <laughs> and that's a piece of shit. And why is that? Uh, a, yeah. Well, yeah. There'll be a t- there'll be a time and a place for that, and oh. it's coming up soon. So. Uh, yeah, Joey. I mean, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not opposed to what you just said. Yeah. Um, it's a comedy that but that's like, like that yeah, wins yeah. drama. <laughs> it's a comedy. It's a, I would say that's a comedy. Oh, Holy shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, um, we know people that love that movie though when it came out. Probably. Yeah, I think when it came out, some people were hot on it. I don't think it's kind of it's got some Joker hot on Queen, and then I, you know, I'm like something Queen happened. Yeah, and like, got I some got, Joker vibes. I got still, a lot know? of heat initially yeah. for my hate for that. Where people came at me and I'd be like, tell me one good thing about it, and then everybody's just like, well, and I was like, but it can't be that you like the songs. Yeah, we'll save it. Let's yeah, save yeah, it. Okay. Yeah, the I didn't have issues with the ending. I think you needed to have a little bit of a payoff. Oh, I know. I'm saying I I loved the payoff. I just I can see how some people might yeah. think it was like a did little you, corny. But uh, did you find the movie cheesy or corny there in the, in that moment, Joe? No, I felt it again. All I actually felt like that scene needed to go the way it did. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, you needed to see that like the difference of what they're going back to. It all had to is, connect. Is that the white savior moment? Is that what people think is the white savior? No, I, th- I mean, that's probably a piece of it. Uh, but I'm, like, saying, not, I'm not saying that we think that. I'm saying, do you think that people think that ending? I don't agree with the white savior part because we get, we get them. I thought there was balance because, yeah, yeah, okay, you do have moments where he, where, where Tony Lip is, is bailing him out of trouble. and That's and his job. Blue, but you get it on the flip side where yeah. you get the JFK, the RFK call. RFK, yeah, yeah. You know, and exactly. so, yeah, so Tony pays off the cops and gets him to take the cuffs off in the showers and, and lets him go, all right? So like you, if you isolate that and be like, oh, here we go, white savior. Maybe that last scene, but, but I don't know. But then you flip it around right. where Tony punches the cop out completely inappropriately. Right. And we get a call from from Robert The attorney Kennedy, general. Yeah, to, to get him out. And that was be, that was Dr. Shirley's doing. Yeah, so, again, helping him with his relationship with his wife. And he's doing a lot of other things, too. Balance was there. there I was agree. Balance. I agree yeah. with that completely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, wait, the white savior, that's, a, saying, that's a broad okay, stroke criticism. The, I agree. Now the white family is bringing him into the fold. It's like... I thought I, it was... Again, I don't agree. I'm just asking Yeah, question. no. I, I, I think that was more like a general... I don't think it was, but I could see people criticizing that. that to me, that's ridiculous because that was a family bringing in someone who was rich but lonely. Right. That's what that was a and, that was and, a wealth thing more than a race thing. In his friend at that point, yeah. In the movie, I don't know about real life. In the movie, they had become right. friends, and they both he Tony Lip felt bad about the way they left, and him showing up. You could see on his face, he's like. I'm so glad that this guy's here and I can introduce him to my family, you know? Even one of his family members calls him something derogatory and he he, he reprimands him. He's like, don't call him that. You yeah. Know, like, which I, I also really liked, you know? Yeah. Like, he had changed. I like that. The strip right. has changed him. And I yeah. think that takes away the white savior piece because he grew too. No, I think that that could have maybe been a criticism is, is that, like, the, oh, first he's racist, now he's not. You know, like... Uh, well, yeah, but, I mean, it's over, it's over months and, yeah, yeah. okay... Yeah, fair enough. Maybe people don't change. But I think experiences do change you sometimes yeah. dramatically and quickly. 
Like, I, I don't know. In the course of the movie, I can see how he's like, wow, I thought this... I, I got the impression that he thought that way because he didn't seem... It didn't take him long to start to realize that maybe his views were not, like, that correct. Like, were yeah. correct. That arc is a little unclear yeah. and a little jagged yes, and a I little agree. not... It's lazy. Not fleshed out. Not fleshed out no, properly. Yeah, yeah. 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 They, they kind of just went from point A to point right. B. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he's going from throwing out glasses to saying, I'm blacker than you, to that, correcting that his friends. That scene with the glasses doesn't make sense in the, in the arc. In the timeline at it all. It doesn't. Yeah. It was used as a device to show you that, he has that he's going to have a... That's uh, the full act of subtlety in this yeah. movie, where it's like, yeah. oh, look! Yeah. And, and well, it, especially because when he takes the job, somebody that throws out glasses because a black man drinks out of it isn't, isn't taking this job. job, right? Yeah, I, that didn't make really a lot of yeah. sense. There's a lot of stuff like that where um, it just we, we they had to speed it up in a way that was not palatable yeah. at times. Yeah. Well, I, I think we're here. Yeah. Let's zone. enter the nitpick zone because I think we just let off with one right there. Yeah, that's, that's definitely that's definitely one for sure. Entering the nitpick zone, you have it right there. A, a guy who throws out glasses because that's a very you know that's that's twisted, a, especially for a poor thinking. family to be throwing right. out like yeah two glasses. Just because, perfectly good glassware because someone drank lemonade out of it. Yeah, you know, like that. That's a that's a very racist person. Right. Yeah, right there. exactly. You and that, that and, person doesn't change. And, and that there's no not changing. Yeah. And there's no social pressures. He's alone in that right, room. Right. He's looking at the glass. He's tortured over it a little bit, and then he just throws it. That so person's not. Yeah, that, that could have easily been cut, and the movie's the same movie. Yeah, yeah. It. it was used as a device to say, "Hey, this man is racist. Yeah. He's going to go on a journey here." But that and guy's a true piece of shit racist. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Joey, you got a nitpick for us? Yeah. So my first one is the last scene. So he drops him off in a terrible snowstorm. Drives to Carnegie Hall, brings his stuff up, <laughs> gives everything, sends the butler home, gets champagne, and goes back to the Bronx all he, while he the fish is still dinner? served. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought the same thing. That's so funny. Yeah. New York geography, great, great job. <laughs> Not to mention the, in the in the the blizzardish snow. Yeah, which, I don't it was know. Nice weather that would have been a yeah. timeline disaster. Mid, where is Carnegie, Carnegie Hall? Is it? It's not Midtown, but it's like. It's, it's in it, the middle of Manhattan. Yeah, yeah, that's right? not a yeah, that's not an easy. And he's trip. going to the Bronx. Yeah, like yes. the Bronx. Yeah, right. that's going to take in a snowstorm probably yeah, going over bridges at, at and least tunnels over and, an hour at least. Say, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I don't really know if this is a nitpick, but you know that car in the snow, that kind of snow. Yeah, uh, those are, those cars were re- rear wheel yes. drive. Yeah, that's Have not, you guys ever driven rear wheel? Oh yeah, it's a fucking nightmare. You go and you're hitting a motel. You're not driving. No, you can't. You cannot. No. That's right. Our Oz, we grew up, our houses were 10 minutes apart. I once had a rear-wheel drive car. It's no this house while we watch football. It took me three hours to get home. Oh, you'll end up in a ditch. Especially if you're the guy driving who wasn't driven in yes. months. You know, like, now you're just going to hop in a drive. <laughs> right. You know, like, I mean, it's snowing so hard where the back windshield was completely covered in snow. Right. Insane. Yeah. So that's, that's, uh, that was very, very Hollywood. Yeah. Can we talk folding pizzas? Yeah. Sure. Now, that was a real thing that this guy okay. did apparently. Uh, fine. I, I think you cut it in half first, and then you. Right. So it he really did this in real life. Okay. The amount of grease on his fucking stomach. Oh god. <laughs> yeah, that's it. What's I, I want. Okay. So Tony Lip did that in real life, and his son wanted to put it in me. Fine. Okay. I'll take your word for it. He probably did. Okay. But he did it in New York. 
He didn't do it in fucking Indiana, okay? Yeah. Because the oh, pizzas yeah. they make in Indiana right. are like Domino's pizzas. Yeah. You're not folding a Domino's pizza a halfway point. like that and leaning back in bed and casually eating it. And if you looked at the pizza, it looks like a New York, New York pizza. pizza. If you're not from New York, we have, we're known for thin crust pizzas. And we fold our pizzas. Right. That's, not, fold, and that's a New York thing. It's a, you, we fold pizzas here. So I guarantee you, on the road in Indiana, there's no way Tony in Lynch ever did that. Kieran. I grew up in Connecticut, and even in Connecticut, the pizzas are very thick, dude. They're yeah. way they're, oh, yeah. they're kind of in between Chicago and and uh, New York, where like they're not as thick as Chicago pizzas, but they're definitely thicker than New York pizzas. Yes. Yeah, and anywhere else I've been, that the pizzas are definitely thicker. Yeah, there's no there's palatable no way. way to do no. that. No, and and it's it's a real for speaking for New Yorkers here, going out of state, going on vacation, it's, it's a real struggle. If you order pizza, Brutal. it's not, it's yeah. just, it's yeah. different. Uh, I think um, bagels, bagels and deli yeah. sandwiches, yep. egg sandwiches are the similar thing. They just, they're yeah. just nice. Bagels, egg sandwiches, pizza, you can't do That's the stuff that New York is known for. And, and every, you get it anywhere else and it, it's not right. And it's a part of our regular diet. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, some people eat healthier than me. So <laughs> they're, they're probably not. But yeah, so you go away and it's, there's a, there's an ecosystem that's been disturbed. Oh, you guys want to hear one thing that Connecticut, I'm sure other places do it, but Connecticut, I know, does it. They cut their pizzas square, not in a triangle. Hmm. Not like a Sicilian style? Or? No, they cut them in squares. In squares, so there's always these little oh. fucking stupid... Like crescent moon things? These, these like the middle's always going to be a botch. Not that the middle's fine. Yeah, no, it's the, 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 the middle circular has little, part. The middle right, ones have part. no crust, but the some of the, there's little tiny end ones left. It's the It's like... I'd call know. the authorities if I ever saw I that. honestly that's, don't that's know. Yeah, my sister lives in Connecticut. I've never seen that. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Like, <laughs> that's insane. I'm embarrassed to be from there because of it. It's ridiculous. Wow, yeah, that's that's tough. Uh, we'll, we'll have to tweet out a picture of a, of, of a Connecticut pizza. Uh, yeah, my sister pie. lives in Connecticut. I've yeah. never oh, seen that. And I've got pizza a lot up there. Chris, uh, you got another nitpick for the mix here? <sighs> that pizza thing just made me upset. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't really have too much else. I have another one. Okay. I don't know Joey that it's a nitpick. <laughs> Tony and Dr. Shirley meet. Dr. Shirley says, I'm a musician. And Tony says, you mean like songs? Like, what the fuck is that? Like, what? Like, well, are you not, he's not a terribly intelligent guy, right? You it? mean like songs? That's a, that's a little over the top. That's like, he's not. Top. Like, what else do you think he meant by right. musician? Like, like because say that? Like, because, you know, then he goes home and he says to his wife, like, oh, he's a doctor in music. And she says, oh, you can be that? I'm okay with that. Right. Like, that's fine. Oh, I didn't realize you could be get a doctorate in that. That's fine. But you mean songs? <laughs> Come the fuck on. Yeah. I mean, on the flip side, I've heard people say stupider things than that. So. <laughs> and I will nitpick that in real life. I hear yeah. on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah. I, this is, again, a question more than a nitpick. When he eats the pate at the parte, spits it out and puts it in the... the is that acceptable behavior? No. Is it... Would do, of course not. No, that's why... I mean, I, wouldn't anyone flinch and be like, whoa, no, 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 bro. We're, we're not taking your, your napkin yeah, with... The, the servant... The, the bushes. Right. 1962 right servants don't have the um, the ability to turn down. They, well, that's they, my question. Yeah, is it yeah. is that like... So it was acceptable behavior. No, it's well, not I acceptable think, behavior, but just the no, servant's well, not well, in a position gonna, to... He's not going to tell a white guy... Who just okay? Well, well, that's my question. Is is like is would it the power dynamic so fucked up? Okay, so all right, yeah, so he would have to take that and well, because I would just I'm looking at it from the sense of like would other people who plan on eating that stuff of 
bars. I thought that. Well, would they that. expect that the server not allow that so that the flake no, stays high? No. What most clean. likely he probably had to take that in the back and trash the whole thing for yeah, the rest yeah, of the yeah, people. Yeah, right. He's this white guy who just got announced as one of four special guests. Unfortunately, the way power and the horrible racism, he didn't have a choice but to take that. Yeah, if that he, was a real jerk move. That was a real jerk move. Um, yeah. Spit in the bushes. Yeah. So that, that leads right into my next one here, because it's him being introduced. Why is Tony Lip... No idea. ...a bad name to be introduced? Like, why is Lip so much better than Valley? Like, L-I-P-P. What if it... That, that's nope. probably a last name. Lip is probably a last right. name. No, nobody knows it means best bullshitter in no, the Tony neighborhood. Tony the Lip, I guess. Right. Like, that's like... And that, why is his name so hard to say? He explains it... Vellalong is not that hard to say, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What do you think? But I think that the Racist point was... in the South. But, but, yeah, maybe we're from New York, time. so yeah. it's a, like a... a, a uh, very, I mean, listen, in Ellis Island, they changed the names like right. that. My name was so, changed in Ellis Island. Yeah, so, uh, so I, I, I got that, that part of it. But your last name is not R? <laughs> it was much longer when my grandfather oh. came here. Well, then I, then I changed it even more. I just took the first letter and did... Perfect. Udamas. Okay. We're getting this this idea. Doctor Shirley is this very like morally righteous person. He's not going to allow him to pollute. He's not going to allow him to steal. He doesn't. He scoffs at the fact that you lied to your friends and that's how you got your nickname. Why is he so okay with plagiarizing the letters to his wife? Then <laughs> like, he's he's gonna have him write him under his specific words. Like yes, like later on, it starts to merge into Tony's words. But in the beginning, he's just. He's just dictating a love letter to his wife that isn't. I just looked at him helping him be cultured that he couldn't be. Like, let me off. You're teaching me how to be like kind of street. But he's okay with the fact that like he's using his words. Like, I I think he's not. I think he knew that Dolores wasn't thinking that in three weeks Tony became the greatest wordsmith in the history of the world. I'm going from Dolores. Pizza is good. So he assumed that. His wife would know that he helped him with well, it. I think that's yeah. not that's, that's not dishonest. The, that's kind of how the, it ends. Where like yeah. she kind of like thinks her right. They now, both kind of were in on it. They together. do the screenplay yeah. tie-in, but like if that it, didn't happen at the end, I agree. But this guy's that, happened, that against lying and cheating. He's not gonna. But I think he's he think because I think that you know that connection that they had that they tried to do was there. I think if that last scene where she said thank you for helping with the letters, I think then we have a nitpick, but I think that ties it up where it's okay. I kind of, I also kind of do like the moment where where, uh, he's he's feeding the lines, like, this is uh, very romantic. (laughs) (laughs) I I just love it. I mean, the the delivery is classic in that. Another great little line too is um, diction, like, what do you mean diction like how? It's like, (laughs) Like the only way the word is used. Like, that's <laughs> like, that, just, only... that just sounded like RDB to me. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, it's the funny. only way the word is used. It's, it would be one thing if he didn't uh, appreciate it or didn't really care. Like he, when he's giving the lines, he's like, "I really, whoa, this is really good. Like, yeah. This is good stuff." You know, like he's into it. He, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. Would, yeah, it, would it be alright if I say, "P.S. Give the kids a kiss." Yeah. That'd be perfect, Tony. Yeah, they, they got. There's some nice. Come on, there's some nice stuff going on between the two of them. Yeah, I don't... Again, I, I don't dislike the movie. Like, I... No, I it's it's an enjoyable movie. watch. I just don't think it's, like, a best picture winner. It's, like, Fair a tricky... Enough, yeah. It's tricky when comparing it to the other 93 movies. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not going to be number 15 this season. I'll tell you that right now. It uh, definitely is not going to no. be. So, we can, you I mean, can get ready for that. Spoiler alert. The bottom five is going to be a battle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Twitter questions now. And... I have to say, normally, I, I mean, I, uh, 
I read them and then I prepare for them and I usually kind of throw them at you guys without you guys seeing them unless you checked yourself. I've never read any of these. I've been busy as hell today. This this went out, the tweet went out kind of late. Yeah. So I have not had a chance to read these. So I'm, I'm seeing these and reading these for the first time here. So uh, we have our, as we put it out on Twitter, if you, if you want to get involved, we let you know when we're recording and we let you ask a question or make a comment. Uh, we have a few for you here today. Mike from Cinemusts. And Mike says, and we should say at Cinemusts, Joey, you were just recently on that. You did Chinatown. Yeah, over fantastic. There. Great, great episode. You know, I've done Willy Wonka and uh, A Brief Encounter. So awesome. Good, good episode. Great podcast. And Mike asks, in your opinion, did Mahershala Ali deserve his supporting actor win? I guess we have to call up who else he went up against. So as, as I call that up, I'll ask the second part of the question. Green Book and Crash are siblings in the most hated Best Picture winner family. Chris is already <laughs> shaking his head. With it. Does Green Book make any improvements in addressing themes of racism or delve any deeper than Crash did? Now, we kind of, like, we kind of did discuss that a little bit. The broader strokes that Crash made, I don't think we're, we're really here in, in this one. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I, get, I get why you compare them, but I don't. I think this one is uh, far more nuanced. Yeah, I don't think it's nuanced. Uh, well, it's more, more than Crash. Oh, more than Crash. Anything's more than fucking yeah. Crash. Uh, yeah, I think it's far more nuanced than Crash. I also yeah. think that there's something that needs to be said about the fact that in in this movie, they're using more historical right. examples of racism. Put the glass and the garbage aside, like, but. There was a lot of, this is, in these certain areas, you know, there was a green book. This real-life person did play these shows and have to deal with things like them not letting him use the bathroom or them not letting him eat in the dining room. That's very different than Paul Haggis putting pen to paper and writing a Matt Dillon character that's, you know, um, struggling with his dad and that allows him to be racist to the woman at the DMV. Like, like th that's... That's broader stroke racism than than. This is far. This, uh, Crash is cartoonish in the way they yeah. they depict those things, and I, I just like literally Roadrunner running into the it, yeah <laughs> into the wall. You know, it's like they, they, I don't I don't see this movie the same way at all. I just yeah, and I would say that the Green Book addresses race better than Crash does. Yes, yes. absolutely. Do you have the the nominees? What are the other nominees for supporting actor? So we have Mahershala Ali for Green Book. We have Adam Driver for Black Klansman. Oh, great. Sam Rockwell for Vice. Sam Elliott for A Star is Born. And Richard E. Grant for Can You Ever Forgive Me? Well, we do have to, Chris, you, you said this from the very beginning, is the, the character fraud nature of it. Like, Ali's role was the meatiest role of those because it was a borderline lead role. Like, the Sam Elliott role is very minor. The... Um, the Sam Rockwell role is is a smaller part of that movie in, in as far as screen time goes. I mean, it holds up. You think he? I mean, I, I just don't see any way he doesn't win this. Yeah. Right? I think it's Mahershala Ali. Yeah. yeah. I, I, you, now you, the argument you have there is, is he not a supporting actor? Is he a lead? Right. You know. Well, that's and, the first thing I brought up. You know. So. Yeah, and uh, man, Adam Driver's really good in Black Klansman. So. Sam Elliott is really good in Star Is Born. I mean, the scene of the two of them crying in the car. I mean, oh god, another Roadhouse connection there too. Yeah, you guys, you guys. Love that movie. Oh, you did so, right. We do. So there'll be a whole segment dedicated to that oh today. Peterson W. Hill asks: Is folding an entire pizza and eating it like a sandwich on <laughs> on the twenty twenty two plan? <laughs> well, you you've addressed well, that. Yes, and as uh, as New Yorkers who can actually do it up here, where we're not getting a, a Domino's uh, yeah. a Domino's have is uh, no, I will not be doing. Nope. That. Yeah. yeah. Nope. 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 Joey, you're. Not a big pizza guy to begin with because of the, the dairy aspect of I it. I have pizza. You can't I'm even eat pizza now? I well, he pizza. has a slice. I have pizza. 
But you're not eating a whole pie. No, I would not. And you're certainly I'm not. also not an folding animal. It, <laughs> folding it in half. No. And, uh, no. <laughs> I, I like clean eating. Peterson Hill also guess is Linda Cardellini the heartbeat of the movie? No, I don't think so. I think she's very good. I think she's very important. But no, I think it's the relationship. Yeah, between. I think it's the two of them. Yeah. The, yeah. It's the buddies. The bromance. Yeah, the yeah. bromance. It's yeah. between them. Sure, yeah. For sure. Yeah. She helps. She's part of it. She's very good. She's very important. And finally ask, is Nick Vellalonga's screenplay win one of the most egregious ever? Yes. Ever? (laughs) Yes. I'd have to hear other examples of that. Other ones are, um, but... Uh, it's not a good screen. I don't think it's a good screenplay either. I do think it's a weird win. I, I, can't, I can't put my mouth to a microphone on the most weirdest ever because I'm sure there's some wacky ones out there. Like, I'd have to look at that closer. It's hard for me to shit on something that, that makes... that created something that made something, too. Like, I mean, was this, this guy, you said he tried, had a couple of tries in other, in other parts of yeah. show business, right? Or other, yeah. other chances? But I mean, do you know how hard it is to write a successful screenplay? I don't know that I'm shitting on his creative pursuits. I'm shitting on them, the Academy, putting him in, yeah, giving him a gold fair. statue for yeah, it. You know that. I know. Yeah, hear other examples of other yeah. bad ones. You know. I mean, did the artist win for screenplay for like a like a half page screenplay? It's a silent <laughs> movie. I know it was nominated. Well, it's I don't screenplay. Know yeah, but there's that's, I, there's there's no dialogue. But I mean, there's obviously a screenplay. And you have to know what to do. And, I think it's is. it's definitely the shortest screenplay. It's the shortest. Yeah, it's like seven pages or something. Is but, it really? Yeah. yeah. I, it might have just been nominated though. I don't know that it won, but that that's a weird one. I, I mean, again, I don't want to say that that's the most egregious ever. It's this. It's it's a hundred years of movies. To the most yeah. egregious ever. There's one of them is, but it's in the running. Oh, Chris, you're gonna love this next one. Is Green Book the? And this is from Andrew Corns. Is Green Book the worst Best Pick winner since Crash? And why is that answer yes? <laughs> Dude, I, don't, I just don't agree with that. I mean, again, I'd have to go through the... the yeah, the in between Crash is Crash is 2005 and Green Book is 2018. There's a good list of movies. We're not going to go through all of them right now, but... I mean, okay, it might, it might be one of the weaker, I guess, ones of, of the... Of that, of, that, of that run. Run, I don't know. I'd have to go through them, but... <laughs> Joe, Joey's looking at the list right now and, and getting queasy. Does one stick out? Well, we have haven't it. we haven't covered a ton know, in between uh, those. We haven't really, but I'm thinking between that and Argo. But Ar- stop it. Yeah. <laughs> you, you all st- you, know, it's, you all stop it. <laughs> you need a little positivity in your lives. Uh, <laughs> seriously, it's, it's come on. Yeah, the question isn't the worst movie. Is it is just the worst winner? Right. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, worst. The, the word. The word worst, though, guys. Come on. Yeah. Paul. Like- Paul at. Father of the Fear writes, just dot dot dot, and then it's a meme of Nancy Kerrigan getting hit with the screaming, why? Oh why? I guess she's not getting hit, but it's like immediately People after being hit. Movie. Yeah. Wow. Zeta Short at Zeta Short writes, Are you excited to see Nick Vallelonga's That's Amore? Um, I wasn't aware of it. What is That's Amore? Is he, I guess he's got a film coming out. I don't care about anything else he does now. Oh. Oh, wow. Here we go. No, no, it's not just good enough for Twitter to shit on Green Book here. Now they're going to take further efforts to shit on A Beautiful Mind from last week. They're not done. Good they're Lord. not done. If the bell is rung, they're, they're taking it out of the stretcher. They're going to kick the stretcher over and keep the action going. Richard Morrison writes, Which is the worst Best Picture winner of the 21st century so far? A Beautiful Mind or Green Book? That's bullshit. That's <laughs> a Beautiful Mind is such a good movie. Everybody needs to... Well, you can yeah. listen to our season end rankings episode to find out where each of us put Green Book versus A Beautiful Mind and how close we have them ranked and which one's ahead of the other. So definitely check that one out. That will be out in a few weeks. Look forward to that. RDB's next. And RDB writes, 
Is film Twitter only capable of asking loaded questions? And why is the answer yes? <laughs> oh, Artie B, we love him. He also asks, how good is Viggo Mortensen at acting? I'd say I, we, I would say very, very pretty, good at acting. Quite. Pretty, pretty damn good. And he also asks, why aren't both actors considered lead actors? Well, I, that, and we, and we, about, we yeah, brought we that talked, up. Yeah, yeah, so we, we, we're on the same page with that. Um, so we only have one left, and that is Adam, uh, Below Freezing and Rewind 2552, who is with us on for our Oscar special. And Adam asks, should outside controversy affect the viewing of a film? I'm referring to all the stuff regarding the writers embellishing the father's legacy. I think it's hard for it not, if you know about it, it's hard for it not to. I mean, that seeps in, right? I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I would say... Hard to separate. For me, I would say it doesn't affect my viewing experience, but his question pertains specifically to legacy. And then I think you have to make a decision. You have to decide, are you okay with a movie that's about a real-life person straying from what really happened to make to deliver the message and the theme and the delivery of a movie? Or do you need it to be a historical telling of, of how it's going to be? For me personally, I would rather a good story with good characters uh, delivering themes and telling what it needs to be as opposed to how things really went down on that road trip between Dr. Shirley and Tony the Lip. I don't really care about that. I, I agree with you completely. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, I'd rather the good story... At most just don't make an average movie. Let's embellish better. Okay, mm-hmm. fair enough. But I, I, I think most Hollywood movies are, are they don't do things. They don't tell a story completely accurately. Right. And we need to and, accept and, and that. If, and yeah, just get over it. Yeah. yeah, build a bridge and get over it. Yeah, well, I mean, there's if you guys you guys seen Elephant Man, the David Lynch mm-hmm. uh, when, I mean, that's a movie where, they they take the guy's real life mentor who was like one of the most people important people in his actual life. And turn him into the villain in the movie who exploits him for all this stuff. The family's like, what the fuck? You know, like, so, but it was, you know, the movie needed a heel. Right. And, and that was, that, that's, a, like, David Lynch There needs to be a story. David, I mean, he's David Lynch. He's not giving you a historical depiction right. of how it went right. down with the elephant, man. He's an abstract artist, you know, so. To the awards now, gentlemen. We are here. MVP of Green Book. Chris, I think you like, it seems like you like the movie the most of the yeah. three of us, your MVP. And I'm sure mine is going to be probably the same as yours. It's Vigo. By fucking far, dude. His performances blew my mind, dude. I, I, I love it. I think it's amazing. He took me into a world I forgot it was him. You know, I, I didn't think about any of his other performances. I was just blown away by it. Awesome. Yeah. Joe? Vigo. I, I, it was between him and Mahershala. Of course. But, of course yeah. it is. Right. But, like Chris, I forgot I was watching Vigo Mortensen. Yeah, my history with uh, Vigo is more substantial, so I obviously kind of gravitated toward his his performance more. Uh, yeah. But they're both outstanding. I'm, yeah, I'm not trying to take away from from anybody else. Like I said, second best Mahershala Lee movie this year. <laughs> Mahershala movie? What was the other one? Into the Spider Verse. Was he? Was he was the uncle. Spider-Man talk. We almost made it. We almost made it through. We weren't making it into the Spider-Verse year. Uh, okay. Uh, mine actually was Mahershala. Uh, oh, I, I, I went with him. And it was just because the, 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 it's a movie that didn't get real deep. It didn't get real layered. And the only areas that were revolved around his character, the, the scenes of him sitting on, on the lawn chair outside the hotel room, in the orange bird with the piano. like that. I just, that, that stuff was best for me. And... 
I, I love the force. I love the actual force. It's just nothing against Vigo. Uh, I just thought that Vigo was there, and then Mahershala's thing took it just a little I, bit I of mean, step. Let's, let's face it, the MVP were the two, the right. two of them. Right, there was no other yeah. The two of them carried the move. Right. So Any they other, two together really are the right. MVP. Any other answer was incorrect. I figured we would have them split up somehow. Yeah, exactly. LVP. Uh, Joey, it seems like you liked the movie the least yeah, of the I three of us, so. so let's have you go first for LVP. The real LVP is subtlety, but that's not fun. <laughs> Um, but I did think there was good performances, but I do think the worst performance who just completely was, um, the record executive, PJ Byrne. I fucking hated him. I was like, when he was giving the key over, I was like, this is stupid. Like when, when in a movie that was saved by performances, I just think he really, he doomed it in. Um, I mean, I'm not going to get fully behind that strictly because he is in an episode of Burn Notice and anytime (laughs) at Best Picture Cast... I can tie in Burn Notice. It's going to be there. And his last name is Burn. So uh, PJ Burn, uh, and he plays a um, a person in the IRS who's a a, a, a spiteful auditor who Love comes it. in and and audits Bruce Campbell's character because he uh, he spurned uh, his mom in a, in a romantic relationship earlier on in his life. He had he had some daddy issues over that. So there you go. Burn Notice. Check it out. Chris LVP. I already got to give it away. Um, Sebastian Maniscalco. For a big, the, the, one of the big names on the on the cast list, dude, he stinks. He's just he's, <laughs> he's a stand up. I love his stand up, dude. I'm actually going to see him uh, at, at the UBS. Yeah, nice. No, no, uh, uh, Madison Square Garden. Oh, nice. Ooh, that's uh, awesome. And it coming up soon. But I just thought he sucked in this movie. Like he's he's also not great in the Irishman, just so you know. Mm. Um, but geez, talk about no subtlety and just kind of blurting out lines. You know, like I, I know what, one of the characters is. I think it's his wife is like. I want a letter, and he's like, "You get a letter when you when you cook me a meal or something." Yeah, I'm like, oh, like I know that's also not great writing, but it's yeah. just like he he kind of just blurts it out, and it's like he stinks. Mm. Um, yeah, so he's he's terrible. Yeah. Uh, sorry, it just took me out of it. All I could think of was, "Oh, that's Sebastian Maniscalco." Like yeah, it just didn't work. Yeah. Uh, for me, LVP was shoehorning the family into the movie. Yeah, that's... didn't didn't buy it. Did, it was one of those where you do the research afterwards and the research it explains sense, yeah. what you saw. Where it's like, I'm like, well, wow, what is going on here? These yeah. people suck. And and then, okay, that makes sense. Now that confirms that that's the LVP even more. Like, I have, I have now have, I can, I can prove this. Basically, every, yeah, the whole, the whole family. The whole idiots in the couch yeah, are like, right. oh, we've come over to yeah. protect you from these guys fixing your dick <laughs> dishwasher. Like, come on. The thing is that Sebastian Maniscalco stands out because they suck. And he also sucks. I'm like, well, <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? He's actually like in show business at least. Right. Oh, boy. Uh, participation award. I'll go for us. I have the most obvious one. I don't, you, I, I, Linda Cardellini for me. I mean, again, there's not a lot of options here with, to, to play around That's with That's my answer, here. too. Yeah. Is that a yeah, clean sweep? Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Kind of, that one's that one was kind of paid by numbers. I not know who else it would be. That's yeah. kind of paid by numbers. There. There's just, nobody else that even have a name for it. Right. You'd even know. Yeah. You know, we could have gotten real creative with it if we wanted to, but, you know, that's... Yeah. The neighbor, the, the neighbor from that 70s show is not uh, coming right. in, in, in here. It's certainly not the fucking guy who played Bobby Rydell singing in the... Could it we is. get a guy who can sing? Dude, he can't sing. He's no. playing Bobby Rydell, he can't sing? Was this a Foxwoods commercial? <laughs> fucking terrible. Time Machine Recast. Take anyone, any point of the movie. I guess I'll go first because I just telegraphed where I'm going with this. Bobby Rydell. I'm, I'm subbing out the, the the Von Lewis who played Bobby Rydell in this did such a bad job that Bobby Rydell himself is coming out of this fucking movie. The, the whole oh, you're I'm watching I'm watching the role I'm watching that 
I'm going to sub it with a man who has won an Oscar before. He'd be coming in in a bit of cameo. He's a man who is no uh, stranger to the cameo. He's a man who's no stranger to the Copacabana because he's played there several times in his house. <laughs> Frank Sinatra. Let's have Frank Sinatra playing this. He does one song. We're all, it puts us all in a good mood. Nice. It puts us all in the time. Bingo, bango, bongo. Nobody's mad at that. There you go. <laughs> so I recast the record executive. One Justin Long. <laughs> right. I don't hate that. I don't hate that. That's, that's like right. him, like him being like sort of like trying not to be a scumbag when handing over the keys and giving him the green book. Like Justin Long has that like right smarminess that would have really sold that one scene. I like the, the comedic tie-ins yeah. with Peter Farrelly kind of putting a you know putting a, a comedic actor in a yeah, serious movie. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, Chris, guess who I'm taking out? <laughs> Sebastian. Sebastian. He's coming he out. Goes. Michael Imperioli. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Christopher from Sopranos. Fits right in there. Would be great. He has a lot of comedic chops, you know, a lot of comedic moments in Sopranos. Uh, be perfect. Be funny. You know? I like that. I like that a lot. I, I do, and it just just echoing a point from earlier, is why not get a lot of the members of the cast of Sopranos in here? You know, yeah. put, put them in the mix. Yeah. It seems let's like a no-brainer. Get, yeah, let's get Tony Sirico, Steve Sharippa, get them all, get them all in there. You know, yeah. a lot of them are, are very old now, dude. <laughs> um, like Pauly and those guys, dude, they're they're like senior citizens at this point. Yeah, so. well, some of those characters were on the older side. I mean, you could have you could have put them in there because there there is real life ties to the Sopranos in this. Right. Like, like play off that. You had that in your yeah. in your wheelhouse to play off that. Yeah. Scene of the movie, Chris. My favorite scene. Uh, it, it may not be the most important scene in the movie, but I just I, I love the I think again the first performance where Tony Lip is with one of the other drivers, whoever it was, were are out are in the window watching the performance and just the look on Vigo's face as he's watching this, it's like almost so, like he he's wants he's emotional. Like mm-hmm. he's watching this like wow, this this is uh, an amazing talent. You know, I, I just I just love the scene. It was made me feel good and, and uh you start to see that there's a respect building, you know, and I, I really like that. You know, so I think, feel like it was a, kind of a bit of a turning point in there. Bar in Birmingham. Orange Bird. Yep. Yeah. Also mine. Yeah, yep. I mean, that, that makes sense. Yep. That, that's, that makes sense. Just, yeah. uh, I was picked more of my favorite. Yeah. 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 That was my favorite, too. I just think that was where this movie, like, well, was a movie. It's true. It's like, anytime we do these, like, there's, you know, you could go one or two routes. Right. You could pick, like, the obvious, like, crescendo of the movie, which is what me and Joy did. Or you could pick that little nuanced scene yeah. that really spoke to you. Yeah. You know, are you, is it going to be the iceberg hitting the Titanic? Or is it going to be, like, uh, you know, the tea party early on? Like, right. what, like, like yeah. and, and I, I always love, like, Chris, like, you, you pick out a little moment that we might have missed or might not have thought of that... To really highlight, I, I like okay. that. So, recommends if you watched Green Book, if you just got finished, where are we gonna send you on the double feature? What direction are we gonna go? Yeah, so you know, I always try to pick a point of the movie and then go from there. So, I went to uh, Unlikely Male Friendship on a Journey, and it led me to one of my favorite movies ever. I went to Point Break. Oh, okay. okay. You haven't used Point Break yet. I have not. But I've really waited for it because it's one of my favorite movies. You know, my weekly watch was the other day. And um, more Swayze times, more Roadhouse times there. Yeah. So, you know, I, I just feel like I feel like it fit as a recommendation here. I went a different way. Okay. <laughs> I picked a movie like this. This is kind of about a marginalized section of the population. I went Dallas Buyers Club. Mm. Um, oh, okay. It, it not you know not exactly the same movie. Uh, obviously, it's not about the same topics, but uh, something uh, if 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 you're looking for 
an Oscar quality movie. It's well, definitely up there. Uh, and families got mad. Yeah, yes, but it's it's a, and and you're talking about beautiful performances. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, uh, it's way up there. Oh yeah, and, and has a lot of social relevance. So I another supporter be. actor win movie. Yep. Jared Leto won in that one. Yep. Yeah, so, along with McConaughey winning. Yeah, yeah. that's a great movie. It's it's not an easy watch, but you know it's an important movie and uh, it's a worth it watch. Yeah, for sure. Well, so me, I mean, I have the you know the obvious one here. If we want to go road trip, we want to go Peter Farrelly. You can pick. Dumb and Dumber. No, no one no. went that route, so that's that's good. But you have to. How did you not shout it out? Because it's sure. good. You flip the flip the palette a little bit. But I did go with the road trip movie of sorts. I picked a movie that take place in a similar time in a similar area. I picked a movie that actually does incorporate actors from The Sopranos. And I know I've worn out the Eastwood filmography here a little bit. And I'm, I'm, by the end of this, I'm going to to. Uh, probably picked every movie in his directory for but I picked Jersey Boys, a musical. It's a it's a different kind of musical. It's an Eastwood musical, but you have um, Steve Sharippa who who uh, plays Bobby Bacala on Sopranos. He's he's in the film. Catherine Narducci who plays Charmaine Bucco is in is in the movie as well. It's I I I watched it recently and just man I just loved it. I know uh, Adam from Rewind beats it up all the time. He, he, he oh, never it because it. it's nothing like the musical apparently. But uh, it's it's just fun. The music is so fucking good. I mean, like, really? I mean, it's Frankie, Frankie Valley. Valley. Yeah. I mean, like, it's it's just you know, it's like the songs you don't know the song. Yeah, such an easy watch, such a fun watch. I recommend it. If you don't like it, you don't like it. You know, you don't have the Gene Kelly. What can I say? All three of us here have we've been tested positive for the Gene Kelly, so <laughs> we're, we're we're good on that. Yeah, it's got the right kind of similar vibes in this one. So I think you could go from that to this and, and have a good time there with that. So. Okay, the one to fives, where we kind of uh, put it in the BPC calculator, try to figure this one out here in our little system. We talk performances first. We then go to how the movie is shot, how it looks visually. And third, we go how the story's told, the themes, and how they're delivered. Start with performances. And Chris, we'll have you go first. I mean, it's going to be a five for me. That, that, that was the strongest part of the movie, so uh, I'm going to give it the full, the full power of the five. Cool. Power of the five. Joe? I was torn between the five and the four, but I went four because while the main two were absolutely fantastic with the family and so many, you know, just no one else held held up to that, but a strong four because of the two. And if it was just the two, I'd go five, but looking at the whole thing, I went four. I'm going to be the bad guy here with this one, and I, I want to explain why here because I, I don't have any criticisms of, of the, the big two. Here. I mean, I thought that Vigo absolutely deserved the nomination. In my opinion, he was the runner-up to the who should have been the winner. If he won, I'd be totally fine with it. I, I think this is a, this is an Oscar-deserved performance. Marshall Ali again, love the Oscar win. So perhaps I'm contradicting myself with my system a little bit here. But this is a unique movie where there's gaps in the lineup here. We're, this movie is in desperate need for more performances than we have. The lack of other performances, other characters in here, takes the movie back a little bit. So this is kind of like, to me, is like one of those lineups that has like a great two-hitter and a great three-hitter, but really nothing else. You know, and Linda, is, you know, she's batting, trying to bat leadoff, and there's really nothing else behind her. Or a hockey team that has one line, you know? But isn't that a, a writer's problem? It is, fundamentally, but the people who were put into the spots didn't do anything else to elevate. The, the little character appearances were not enough. So I give it a three. Okay. 
Okay. I give it a three yeah. because it it's that stuff brought it down. It didn't bring it below the the water level. You know, it didn't bring it bring us uh, below sea level here. But it it held back from what this movie could have been with better character performances along the supporting staff. So, um, yeah. I'm I'm sure that you could take that soundbite and match it up with an episodes from the past and show that they completely contradict each other. <laughs> but for me, the, 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 this is one where I'm going to let the ensemble cast or the lack thereof affect my grade on yeah, the performance. Yeah, that's fair. How the movie's shot, how it looks, Joey? Three. Nothing to really complain about, but nothing where I'm like, wow. Like, at no point was I blown away, nothing to shit on. Yeah. Right in the middle, so I went three. Yeah. Chris? I, I agree with Joey. Uh, three. It's, pr- like, again, that's above 50%. You know, there isn't really a 50, you know, one through five. Right. But uh, it's, it's, a, it's fine. There's nothing that stands out. Wow, this is beautiful, or this is amazingly well done. There's some moments that I was like, "Well, this is great," but it was mostly fairly straightforward, pedestrian, just kind of middle of the road. Yeah, unspectacular yeah. would be a word I'd use. I know that the the DOP you know, he played with, I guess the how the movie's kind of lit, where they made yes. it look you know, made it kind of look a little old tiny. Because of skin their skin tones, tones yeah. right? They yeah. had to he had trouble do some stuff with, with the color. Yeah, that's great. That's all well and good. But there's there is opportunities. Like it's it is a road trip movie, and there are right. opportunities to do something with. Yes, there is with uh, no scenery. Point. I know. need scenery right. in a road trip movie. Yeah. I mean, easiest even, thing to do. Even something like Rain Man, mm-hmm. which yep. we didn't do the one to fives there, and there's no way that that's going crazy on the cinematography. But it kind of made you feel. Like you were on the road, yeah. a little better than this movie. Give me driving through a giant field, and we even have the the. It's probably a runner-up for my line about you know we, we in, in his poorly written letter about you know appreciating the beauty of the country. Well, show us, you know, having seen it. They don't show us. They yeah. didn't show us at all. Yeah. Unspectacular. It's a two for me. Oh, well, I, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, just um, it's it it and and I'm pretty generous in this category. Yeah. Um, yeah. And but yeah, this was, this was unspectacular. For yeah. Me. Not a one. Not sure. a one. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like visibly, notably bad. But I think, Chris, you said it. There was area for opportunity that they yeah. didn't take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Themes, how they're delivered. I'll go first, I guess. I'm the only one hasn't gone first yet. Again, a two. So uh, I'm being a little tough there. There were things I liked about the movie. If we were not talking about Best Picture winners, and we were just saying, like, hey, you watched the movie today. What would you think about it? The first place I would go would not be in the two area, but we're talking about these versus other Best Picture winners. And it was, you know, as we said, it was a little on the surface. It lacked thematic depth outside of one character. The performers, the two main performers, maybe two and a half with Linda Carlini in there, did the best to save a script that was written just in, in, in a slightly amateur way. So that's, that's, that's where I went. I'm going to be slightly more generous. I'm going to give it a three. Mm. I Listen, I enjoyed the movie a lot. I, it has flaws. You guys have pointed out a lot of them. Uh, but I thought it was I thought it was pretty well done. I thought it was done in a, in a fairly sensitive and thoughtful manner. And and, uh, and while I agree with a lot of what you said, I, I think a three is, is good for me. Yeah. And it, it, there's no way to just play that back and make it be convince you that I enjoyed the movie too because I did enjoy no, I, the movie I, I too but it just I'm, I'm trying to I'm just trying to yeah. put it into that critical vacuum here which is what we unfortunately have to do here sometimes so Joe so if it wasn't for the bar scene in um, Birmingham it would be a one but I'm mm-hmm. going to give it a two okay because I do feel like it hit enough um, and like you said here in the actors uh, but I, I think take that scene out I, I, 
I'm at a one, but that seems so it saved it saved it saved it for a two. It's, it's, it's a soft two. Yeah, or a but soft a two. two. Yes, yeah, but that that scene salvages. It, yeah. it, it it's a great scene. Yeah, you know, so and that, the and the musician in me really that saves it, it for me. Yeah, so. so one to ninety twos. Where does this one come out in the big scheme of things? Here we have uh, a rankings episode coming up here. That's gonna essentially be half of the movies. In, on this list, what do we think on this one? I mean, you know, there's been people asking on the Twitter there, is it, you know, is this the worst Best Picture winner? And my immediate answer to that is like, no, no way, this is not the most. Just based on, just based on the enjoyability of watching right. it, like it's right. it's a movie that moves. You don't feel like you're sitting there for two hours. We started with the film editing and how we appreciated it, but there's there's a there's Oscar caliber film editing here, sure. and, and there's two Oscar level performances in it, so it it's not going to be bottom ten. I, I and I'm sure it's in a lot of people's bottom ten. Yes, I would be pretty shocked if it's in my bottom ten, because I'll tell you right now, it's, it ain't gonna be in the bottom few of my season three rankings right there, and that's enough to probably keep it out of the bottom ten. So you know, at this point, we have enough of a ranking where you could kind of see like, all right, where things are fitting. I'd probably say this will be in the mid to late seventies, which is the back twenty five. Yeah, like 75, 80, yeah, you know, that okay. realm, I'm yeah. comfortable saying. Chris? Yeah, I think it'll be the high end of my, the lower, the lower half. Yeah, so like, six, like 60, early yeah. 60s. Yeah. 60s, yeah. 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 And again, I don't know, because we haven't seen, I haven't seen all of them yet, but uh, like you said, from enjoy an enjoyability standpoint, and like a performance standpoint, it's going to be up higher than a lot of. Yeah, there's gonna be movies where it's like, don't even talk to me about craftsmanship and right, and right. if it, dude, this movie's unwatchable. Yeah. Like, I, like I'm this is three hours of like yeah. of nonsense. Like, we go and Mahershala bring it. And, and listen, it does it tells a story, whether or not there, it, it's it has nuance or or uh, uh, depth. It, it you get the story, you understand it. Right. If you don't get it, you're not you're watching with eyes closed. Yeah, it has some sort of vision. You know? Watching it like already on a cell phone with three parts <laughs> over four days. Like, I would love to ask the question to all the people who may have this in, in the end. Do you really want to watch three hours of Around the World in 80 Days? Then watch two hours of Green Book? Right. I don't. From what I've gotten from Twitter, though, at this point we have Green Book, Beautiful Mind, Crash, and Oliver all at 93. Yeah, that's right, right. Oliver's the worst Oliver. best picture whatever. Like, Oliver is a delightful film. It damn well is. Very delightful. Oh, we're, we're in a, a pro-Oliver room. Yeah, I this like is, this room. I yeah. like this room. <laughs> Great Oliver. But when we keep kind of... Great hear, Oliver. When we keep hearing this <laughs> hyperbole about like, oh, this is the worst. Yeah. You know what? Maybe you're not as thoughtful as you think when everything's the worst. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. It's It's important to be... Pro things, not just anti things. Yeah, and listen, there will yeah. be a '94. There will, yeah, be. there will be one. Listen, and, you this, know, it'll probably deserve it. <laughs> you know, it yeah, probably sure will. It's, it's not going to be Green Book. I'm sorry, it's not, not going to be Beautiful Mind. Close. It's not. Gonna it's be not going to be Oliver. It's definitely know? not going to be Oliver. Despite now, what, I think we do have one of us that probably has Oliver at yeah, thirty just, right now. But right? thank God we do a collaborative rankings that takes time, so Oliver right. will not be because yes. one cannot sabotage. Yeah. Just, just Jay Z alone. Elevates Oliver. Oliver. So uh, I don't know what you guys. Oliver is great, and everybody needs to stop being lame. Okay, as we say in the beginning, it's not it's not a who should have won podcast, but we do like to discuss the other nominees that were up for Best Picture, and this is one of those years where everyone has their two cents as to what should have won. So let's start with: is there's a lot of talk this year? Is should a Marvel movie 
have made it to the Best Picture lineup, as uh, Spider-Man did not. But uh, this is a year where a Marvel movie did, and that was Black Panther. Joey, give us the synopsis of Black Panther. Black Panther, the second best superhero movie out that year. Um, T'Challa, heir to the hidden but advanced kingdom of Wakanda, must step forward to lead his people into a new future and must confront a challenger from his country's past. Um, directed by Ryan Coogler, starring Chadwick Boseman, Michael B. Jordan, Lapita Nyong'o, Daniel Kaluuya, Letitia Wright, Winston Duke. So a lot of Oscar people involved. Oh, yes. And Michael B. Jordan, a veteran of Burn Notice as well, by the way. I'll say that. <laughs> Throw that yeah, one Friday Night Lights. Yeah. And Friday Night Lights, as we said before. Yeah. Uh, we just, you, what, just this, this but, offhanded but, Marvel comment. What do, you, what do you want to talk about, Joe? What's, what, just, what is the be- what's the best Marvel into movie? Into the Spider-Verse. All right, talk about it. It's not a Marvel right. movie. Okay. Into the right. That's superhero movie, I said. I'm okay. not, I don't want to talk about it. One animated movie. It's just, it's a very good animated movie. I yeah. agree. I've seen it. Chris, you're, you're retracting a bit. Past comments. No, I no, I think these movies are fucking bullshit. But that one's <laughs> decent. It's, it's good. Yeah, I, I still mean, to see I it. watched it with my five year old. So if that's what you think good movies are, I mean, I mean, it's yeah. a great movie. Yeah, it's great. It's great, Karen. It is. <laughs> it is. It's it's you know everybody wants to be too cool for things. This, this is the pro- no. This is the thing with these movies. Like, I never heard of fucking Black Panther before. Like, I'll, I feel like they're making it up. Are they, are they punking us? Like, was Black Panther a comic? Yeah, since the sixties. It was from the sixties. Yeah, it's yeah. been for a long time. No, I, th- I think they're making it. I think it's bullshit. I think they're making the <laughs> well, shit up. Every, everything's made up. I mean, like it didn't exist, so you guys just decided it did. Like, but I, that's I, everything. I get on. So you've seen you've seen Black Panther, Joe. I've seen every Marvel movie, God, in theaters. So yeah. yes, I saw it. Jesus, uh, Black Panther's good. It's not super rewatchable. But okay. it's good hey, Karen, have you seen Green Caterpillar? That's the new one. It's coming out. Like, oh, oh, it's been around since the sixties. No, right? I, I, I'm waiting for the origin story of the Green <laughs> Caterpillar. You know, it's where it starts with him as a butterfly, and then they flash back to him as a oh, caterpillar. Oh, yeah, it's a pretty and origin then, story. I think yeah. he's a moth in between somewhere. <laughs> or, you know, um, no. Okay, so, so Joey, I, Joey wants to murder both of us. Uh, Joey's in it now. This is while this is a pro Oliver room. Joey's alone in the Marvel area. That's fine. There's many listeners who are mad at me and Chris and and want to help it. Joey. Yeah, listen, it's very popular stuff. People love it. Well, they, they can be mad at us all they want, but they live in their parents' basement, so it's not, it's not important. <laughs> As a homeowner, <laughs> I can strongly disagree with that. Right, but you've seen, you have not seen Black Panther. You have Chris. No. I have zero interest. I know. I, yeah. I, I know he, his performance is great and all that stuff. It looks really cool. It's not a super. It's not as rewatchable as a lot of the other ones. Yeah, uh, again, I mean, uh, my, my Marvel stance is there. Yeah, but no. honestly, like they make those movies make me fall asleep. Like they're just. They're, the action, the action bores me. To be honest, I I'm with you too. Weird. We're not action guys, though. Yeah. We're, you know, I don't, I don't trend toward action movies. I, there was a world where I wanted to see all of these nominees for this. Life got way too busy for me to do that. We just did the Oscar episode where I had to watch ten lot. plus movies. It was a lot. Right, we watched like was, sixteen movies for yeah, that. I'm happy with the final product. The, the episode was great, great, but it was a lot of work. So I, I was not able to to do that here, and that was going to be my uh, force to watch Marvel movie thing. I think I said that at one point, but. Yeah, so Black Panther. Any closing thoughts on it, Joe? No, it's Chadwick Boseman and Michael B. Jordan are awesome, but that's, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think, Joe, you're the only one who has seen this next one, so I'll read the synopsis and kick it off to you. It's the favorite. In early 18th century England, the status quo at the court is upset when a new servant arrives and endears herself to a frail Queen Anne. It is directed by Yorgos. Lanthimos, who I believe did The Lobster? Yeah. Also? Yeah, okay. And, uh, okay. And it's starring Emma Stone is in there. 
the wonderful Olivia Coleman is in there. Rachel Wise. I have heard really good things with this movie. It seems like a you know period piece, English royalty, just everything I don't want a part of. Which I'm learning, Chris, that you oddly uh, are like, interested I in. I like these some days. of that stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're into the Crown. I love and, the Crown. Yeah, yeah. So it seems like this might be one you'd like. Yeah, Joe, I like. I, I mean, Olivia Coleman is is just yeah fucking phenomenal. And wins for this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this has all the things I don't care about period pieces. <laughs> I could care less about British royalty yeah. at yeah. all. This has all the things I want nothing to do with. But. Olivia Coleman's fantastic. Emma, Emma Stone, Stone is always awesome. really good. Yeah. Rachel Weisz really bring, always brings an interesting energy to things. I like Nicholas Holt. It has people I like in it. It's a watchable movie. Am I ever going to return to it? Probably not, but that's more of my taste than the movie's fault. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we just had to do Spencer. Right. And that felt like a saw trap. You know, like I got... You did I, not I, like that. Uh, Kristen Stewart was wow. really yeah, good. I... I, I I really like Kristen Stewart in general. The like, rest I, of the I, I movies? Oh, I know you do. Yeah. I'm, no, I love Kristen Stewart. I'm a very big, big fan of watching yeah. her on screen. Um, Outside I, of her, it was tough. Yeah. And I got a lot of shit for that today. Yeah. It's tough end. It's also a hard one because that, I mean, that, that character is being depicted a lot recently and really well. Yeah. Like, The Crown does it. Oh, she, they're up to her in The Crown? Oh, yeah. So um, I will never watch a second of The Crown. So It's, it's really I know. I've heard it's joke. great. Uh, Talk about actors in a room. I mean, that's the entire show. It's just, brilliant. I, just the, the, the... I don't... I could care less about royalty myself, but this, that show... It's just that good. It really gets past is. that shit. Well, I love Gillian Anderson, too, so... Big and, X-Files guy. Lith- Lithgow as Churchill is... Oh, I love Lithgow. ...on the next level, like, amazing... Uh, John Lithgow's acting. hitter. Oh, no, no, no misses. Yeah. Up next, hot-button issue. Here we go. So now we go for... Waiting a, for it. We're doing, uh... Super well-made, classy, smart, with great actors to a piece of shit. Oh, you, li- you liked, um... I favorite. like the favorite. Oh, you did. I'll okay. never go back to it, but for what it was, it yeah. was a good okay. movie. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, well here now we go. go to Bohemian Rhapsody, a movie I was very excited about. The story of legendary British rock band Queen and lead singer Freddie Mercury leading up to their famous performance at Live Aid, um, starring Rami Malek, Lucy Boynton, and some others. Directed by Brian Singer. I don't know why this movie was nominated. Uh, directed for Brian Singer for like a hot minute before they right. <laughs> threw him in jail. We have a deviant on screen. You know, it's a mess. Um, okay, can we be, I mean, are we being unkind to Rami Malek? I mean, he did do a he, solid Until the job. singing part. He takes... Well, that's, that's where it falls. That's going to be my criticism there. Yeah. He takes... So let me ask you guys this. He takes just an unsanctioned beatdown. On yeah, Twitter, on everywhere, like I is is I like him too. I think he's is everyone too hard on him? Yes, yes. I think the movie sucks, and he gets blamed for it. But I don't think it's his fault. The way he, he moves, I mean, he should should have been cast. Right, somebody that could sing should have been cast. Yeah. perhaps you know. Uh, yeah, the lip syncing is rough, and honestly, the, the 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 crescendo of the movie is that Live Aid performance. And dude, just do yourselves a favor. Just YouTube that yeah. performance because. It's there. You move can for watch move. it, and it's yeah. got my five-year-old has watched it over and over again. She's like, "Daddy, this man's amazing!" Like she loves it. She's a big in the way into music and singing. Just do that, you know. You don't, don't forget the movie. You know, they they recreate it exactly. That's that 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 is impressive. Yeah, it's uh, a the, challenge there. Yeah, the 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 shooting of it and the the shot by shot exact yeah. nature of it is impressive. But he's not singing. Whereas like something like Ray was way more impressive. Right, right, right. right. This great Andy. But even Rocket Man the next year, he's singing. I I like that. I love Rocket Man. Yeah, I like Rocket Man. And a big part of that why I think I like it so much is he's in it. He is every piece of it. Yeah. 
Yeah, of the Johnny Cash Joaquin Phoenix. Yep. So he's doing oh the singing in it too. Yeah. Cat, uh, again, Walk the Line is yeah. incredible too. Great movie. Could you could you call up the actors, the actor nominees that year? We're going to talk about Bradley Cooper in a little oh, bit. Oh, the actor oh, nominees. No. Yeah. I, we talked oh. about Viggo Mortensen. I know Willem Dafoe is in there. Willem Dafoe. What's the other one? I did like Mr. Robot for the first season and a half there. Um, yeah, I, but then that falls off the. Cliff it does. Too. I've it only does seen the first season, but I do like it. I like, like the first season is is enough. Season's great. Yeah, yeah. All right. um, so we have Christian Bale Vice, Bradley Cooper, Star is Born, Willem Dafoe at Eternity's Gate, Rami Malek, Bohemian Rhapsody, and our boy Vigo in Green Book. The no. Christian Bale role is complicated. I guess we'll go there next. I haven't seen Eternity's Gate. I've heard good it. things. I know that that's Catherine Short's uh, I know that that's Zeta Short's winner out of this mix. Yeah, yes. Malik, Malik over Mortensen and Cooper is egregious. Yes, that's egregious. Yeah. Um, and, and as I, I have problems with your, your beloved uh, Star is Born, his Bradley's performance is oh, damn amazing. Yeah. So uh, that, that, that's egregious. Yeah. Him the, and Vigo, that means between the two of them, I, I would think, right? Yeah. Yeah. So let's that's use this as a be. segue into Vice. Fine. Is the story of Dick Cheney, an unassuming bureaucratic Washington insider who quietly wielded immense power as vice president to George W. Bush, reshaping the country and the globe in ways that we still feel today? I don't think that was quietly. I mean, I think everybody kind of didn't everybody kind of know that he was really in charge during that era. Yeah, eight years. Um, Vice. Okay, there's another Adam McKay one here. We just talked about Don't Look Up uh, last week on on the Oscar special. I'm not a fan of his political commentary. To be yeah, not, that I, not, the, not what he's trying to say, just that he's doing it. It kind of well. always seems that neither side or anybody is a fan of it. Like, yeah, I, right. I feel like he pisses off everyone with it, and it's just like. He doesn't know what he wants to be. He's trying He's to very Oliver Stone ish with it. It's very over but the not top anywhere as good, <laughs> right? No, I, I'm talking about bad without Oliver Stone. the vision. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm well, yeah, about, there's some oh, tough Oliver Stone. JFK too. Oliver Stone. Is yeah, what I'm but people about. love that movie though. Yeah, people yeah, do. Love I have moments of that movie that I really like. But yeah, I, I've talked enough smack about that movie. I don't have to do it again today. But uh, <laughs> um, I I will say this about Adam McKay. He's very good at making the movie visually watchable. Like, yeah. like you don't look up. Like, even though, like, I look back and say there, there wasn't really a very good movie, like, I was always kind of in on it. And there's yeah. stars everywhere, and the the script is really strong, and you're just, the editing is always crafty, and you're just kind of in on it. Yeah. And Vice was that way, too. I had a tough time watching Vice, because, again, like, these movies that have contempt... For their main character, we talked about this with the eyes of Tammy Faye. I know you disagreed with that point of it, Joe. Um, yeah. But the tone is confusing to me. I, I just don't. Yeah. He's he's doing it now in that in that new L.A. Lakers uh, show, which I really, which I've heard good things about. Yeah, I've heard I really love it. That, yeah. But he he it seems as if he hates the main character. Oh really? Like, he's making you hate them too. Yeah, right? he does that in a lot of his yeah. stuff. And in you know you talked about just negativity before, Chris. It's like yeah. I don't like I don't know if I want to live in that for two hours. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Why are you making a movie about someone you hate? You know, and and making him the main character and making the guy that we're following the whole movie. It, like it, it can work in a really great way. Like uh, the big short, he does he, is I think does the, what he does in a great to great effect. Yeah, I do like the wow. big short. That's my favorite of his. Other than I mean, obviously the the comedies, well, you know, right. Anchorman and and he, and he loves Separate. in a serious more serious stuff. He loves to. Uh, uh, Focus on the grotesque nature of people. Yeah, and it's just like as a viewer, that's not what I want. It's how I want to spend two hours. I don't know. It's it's that that style just doesn't work for me. The tone doesn't work for me. Boy, Christian Bale does have you a, 
just he has a great way of making yeah. me forget he's Christian Bale. Oh yeah. You know, wow. he just he's he snaps movie. his fingers and boom, now I'm Dick Cheney. Boom, now I'm Batman. So next we have Roma. A year in the life of a middle class family's maid in Mexico City in the early 1970s. Um, this, you know, the big Netflix movie directed by Alfonso Cuaron. Who won Best Director. Yep. I've never seen it, but I've heard really good things about it. Very likely the runner-up this year. I mean, won Best Director, so right. it was right there. It's a very good movie. You know, and then we turn into the whole Netflix de- Netflix winning debate. Which is, I which think is now, so stupid. Yeah, and it's less important now. I think they're yeah, getting away from that. Yeah, I think that's gone away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially it doesn't matter who's results. making it. Why? Why would that matter? You know, yeah, they were, there was part of the industry was afraid of people wouldn't go to the theaters anymore. I mean, yes. what would happen in the world Guess a couple what? years later? Wouldn't, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, it, it won a lot of awards. So you were the only one who's seen Roma here, Joe. I, I have not seen it. It was really good. I, I yeah. really good movie. I've I've watched it twice. It's a good movie. I enjoy it. It's yeah. you know one I want to check out. I'm meaning to check out. But no, because it, it is. It's like two hours and fifteen minutes, but it's. Perfect. A fast two hours and fifteen minutes, like it sucks you in quick. They, mm. it, it's it's a well done movie. You know, I wasn't sitting there thinking it was going to win, but you know, I'm looking at it versus Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm like, well, this is a considerably better movie. Black Klansman is next, and this is the Spike Lee joint of this year, and it would have been the winner if the Academy was a one man Academy with Spike Lee. <laughs> Spike Lee is the only man, and it is Ron Stallworth, an African American police officer from Colorado Springs, Colorado successfully manages to infiltrate the local Ku Klux Klan with the help of a Jewish surrogate who eventually becomes its leader, based on actual events. Directed by Spike Lee, it's starring Adam Driver, it's starring uh, Denzel's son, John David Washington, uh, a really good performance by Topher Grace in Great. this one. It's like, Great I didn't know Topher Grace, Grace was able to I thought to he was Eric Foreman. Great. Isaiah Whitlock <laughs> Jr., who we better know as She. Oh, I love him. From The Wire. Uh, Alec Baldwin in the mix, too. Yeah, uh, have you guys both seen? Yeah. Black yeah, I, I like Black I, I love this movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. It's, I liked it. Uh, I, do, I have found it forgettable. Like, I, you know, I, even as you're describing it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've seen it, but you know, I don't remember a lot about it. Spike Lee had a lot of negative things to say about, about Green Book. Yes, um, I know. Spike Lee has negative things to say about everything. Especially <laughs> when his movie's nominated and something else wins, God forbid, you know, like... Still one costume design, right? <laughs> <laughs> I listen. He's a guy. I love his movies generally, but like as a person, he's he's a real curmudgeon. Like, yeah, I don't need to like the person. Good movies, though. Yeah, the last time he was up to, for best director, that he lost to Driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> so he, yeah, this is again. I think that was his quote, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, anytime oh. there's a movie about driving somebody, I lose. Like, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do the right thing. I think he's the one that right, lost. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Which I, I mean, do the right thing. Has definitely aged way better than yes. Do the right thing. Yeah, Driving right. Miss Daisy. I mean, that, that, Black Landsman does yeah, have that one. Might have been screenplay. It was up for. I don't. Remember. It won screenplay. Adapted screenplay. And it won for screenplay. Yeah, adapted so screenplay. So and and Spike so Spike Lee won for that. Yeah. yeah so he did get its statue. So. Yeah, but he has never won best director. Director, he's not won. Yeah. I I really don't have a Spike Lee movie that I don't like. Me like, neither. Some are stronger than others, but I I kind of like them all. Do you have a a favorite? Um. Well, I mean, Do the Right Thing yeah. is probably the best. I, I really like He Got Game. Me too. I really like uh, Summer Sam. I know that that's, like, not considered yeah, one of the best. But Inside, Inside Man. Inside Man is great. Love Inside great. Man. Great. 25th Hour oh, is yeah. also great. Oh, honestly, man, that might be at the top of my list. I'm between yeah. 25th Hour. I'm probably 25th Hour and He Got Game, like, yeah. 1A, 1B. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I, I do. I'm a big fan. I really am. I just... I think he kind of stinks as a person sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
okay, one last movie, Joey. Why don't you give us the synopsis here? Oh, man. It's A Star is Born. A musician helps a young singer find fame as age and alcoholism send his own career into a downward spiral. Directed by Bradley Cooper, starring Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga, Sam Elliott, Andrew Dice Clay, and it's just... Chappelle? Dave Chappelle, Alec Baldwin's in it. Um, Alec Baldwin's in it? Mm-hmm. Yo, he, well, he plays himself. He, yeah. hosts, he, hosts, he hosts, uh, hosts Saturday Night Live. Okay. Yeah, so me and Joey are, are in love with this movie. It's I think it's one of my favorite movies of the last ten years, probably, if it isn't my favorite of the last ten years. I, really? I, yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, why don't you, I mean, give us your problems with it, Chris. I think that it's grown on you from your initial, when, I remember when I, you first saw your major it's, issues. It's an enjoyable it. watch. Uh, to a point, I don't like the uh, the end. There's things leading up to that. I know that he has alcoholism and, and the stuff going on before that, but they don't really do a good job of uh, dealing with any sort of depression issues or like he he basically does it to help her. I mean, that's not really how that works. I, I don't know. It, it didn't seem well flushed out to me. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, we've I had know how that's the original story is from. Yeah, the we've had movies. this argument off mic before, and you know, I'm not explaining. I'm not pretending to be any kind of clinical analyst, and then you're you're much more tied into the, with, with, you know, your wife being a clinical yeah. psychologist, but you you have more you're privy to more actual knowledge than I. <laughs> than yeah, I, have Joe, about I mean, Joey probably has yeah, a lot more right. Uh, yeah, knowledge so, in that as well, to me, he's destroying himself from minute one of the movie, and he's yeah. uh, the the decline is not anything that's hidden or, or, or triggered by any actual thing, although the, I, I guess there's moments in the script. That, to me, the movie's about the music and the performances. Yeah, which I do and, love all that stuff. And tying that in with the real world, uh, the humanity of it. I love the undertones of the rise and fall of rock and roll, which is in there, and, and pop music intertwining with songwriting and the artists. Like, there's there's great... And listen, we do need to say that this is, like, the fourth remake of A Star is Born, probably the fifth if you include foreign films. I do think there's so much in there, and the performances are so good. Yeah, They're so, so, sure. so good. Yeah, and, no yeah, yeah. I actually do like the movie. I just had a couple of things didn't... And when I was watching it, and maybe I should rewatch it. You know, it's funny, my, my daughter loves that song. Uh, remember you this yeah. way? Is that the one? Yeah. Oh, she loves God. it. She listens to it it's all the time. Song. It's so good. Yeah, and that and that last scene, I, we've like it's another thing we've talked about. I'm like, I could, I understood your criticisms. They're just they're not mine. Yeah, like yeah, I, I connect, enough. and you didn't, and I get that. Wonderfully directed, wonderfully acted. Just yeah. this, it's put together Listen, very, it's, very. It's well. an amazing yeah. achievement for a guy who I don't think had directed anything before. Right? No, Bradley, no, no he, he did a fantastic yeah. job. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he did an incredible job. And had the torch passed to him by Eastwood, because that yeah, was going to yeah. be an Eastwood movie. Uh, yeah. And he said, listen, I'm too old, this is your thing. Because like, they worked together in American Sniper, yep. and he's like, this is this is more suited for you, and, and you can feel the Eastwood influence in there. And, 100%. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Joey, yeah, just so go I, off. Go off. So I, I was... When it came out, I was kind of hesitant to see it just because the reaction was so like everybody was like, "Oh, I'm just crying at the end of it." So I was kind of like, "All right, I don't trust you people." So I saw on a Saturday night, I saw Beautiful Boy, which I cried. It's about addiction, heroin addiction. It, yeah. I was crying. My and I saw my wife. I heard that's really really fantastic good. movie, and my wife was like, "Oh, that was really good." But I, she wanted to see Star Is Born, so I was like, "All right, we'll go tomorrow." So you went there. Like I said, at this point, we're seeing everything. Yeah, you're like, oh, let's go see an uplifting one. Let's see how is born. No, I knew it wasn't uplifting. So I don't think I blinked. I love this movie so much. The Bradley Cooper blew me away from the point where I, I just thought he took this character that could have been just kind of like, oh, I'm a drunk who fucks up. But it's like, no, he's just 
sabotaging every step of the way while mm. she's just shooting to the moon and everything and that that last performance just uh, the love guts me. the love between them I bought too me too the supermarket scene to just yeah for me I, I did I, for me some of it was really I mean I know it's supposed to be really hard to watch dude like like yeah. I, yeah, I guess that, I mean, that makes it really good. Too, that move, like, you want that to be uncomfortable. Dude, that, that, the scene at the awards. The Grammys, uh, yeah. Dude, yeah. I, I, just, I, I literally, I, I think I, if I watch it again, I'd have to skip that part. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> tough. I cannot it's tough. watch it. Dude. But it's, it's, it's a, you know, movies about downfall are no, hard. Yeah, yeah. No, fair enough. And that makes it, I'm not criticizing it for that. I'm saying that right. for me. No, I, no, no, I get that. Watch. You know, every year Spotify does like your top listen to. Yeah. You know, the year after that, two of my top, my top albums was... Lady Gaga was like two, and number four was Star is Born. Yeah. <laughs> great, great soundtrack. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, great. I, listen, I'm, I, again, I, yeah, no, like, listen. I, I like the movie. It just, I, I, you know, and I, maybe it's just my own personal shit that gets in the way of it, but I. Right. You know. Which is, again, yeah, like you said, it's not like the most watchable movie for yeah. most right. people. I yeah, mean, it's, right. it's heavy, heavy yeah. subject material. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about a lot of. That movie is about the, stuff. the performance, especially that that first one when they yeah. when he coaxes her on stage. Oh, I mean, that yeah. that's that's the scene. Of the also, movie. great songwriting. You know, you have um, the, yeah. the, the, oh, she's the great amazing, Jason Isbell writes a song for that. He writes the um, maybe it's time to let the always die. Yeah. Oh, I it's love like, that. Yeah. I love that song and that that scene is incredible. Yeah, too. and yeah. Uh, and Gaga obviously writes a bunch of songs for that too. Lady Gaga just also. Through the roof, and he talent. and he Holy performs shit. like a champ. Like he yeah. looks the part. Like fuck he it. does. Yeah, he was a... like he was only born to play that that character. I so. was born for this. <laughs> <laughs> it was that that that's that would be my winner this yeah. year. Me too. And that's he should have won best actor in that. I, I I'm okay with a Vigo win too. I have to see that Defoe yeah. movie because he's another actor who deserves an Oscar. Hundred. I mean, I love Defoe. I haven't seen that, but. Yeah. At least it's a three. You know, it's between Bradley Cooper and Vigo, and I. You know. Bradley Cooper changed his voice, changed everything, and just became so. I didn't like, you know, because coming off American Sniper, which I really liked, and I liked him, and for him to go here, I was really impressed the whole way. All right, gentlemen, so we end season three. It's fitting that we end over the road trip, it seems like. You know, we're, yeah. you know, we're, we're finally back to our destination here, back home where we need to be. I think you guys threw me in the back seat and, and took the wheel of the car to get me here through. Uh, through some treacherous, uh, treacherous roads, but we have done our third complete season. Holy shit! Fifteen episodes per season, forty-five movies in the books. This is. Uh, Kieran, I'll be honest. After all this road tripping, I've got some fanny fatigue. I, I need to get up and move around a little bit. <laughs> I, I hear it, and and we started this uh, journey with the road trip movie too. Uh, Christmas Rain Man in yeah, this right. the same Chris G Studios episode three. Just it's it's wild that we're here, but. You two will be back again on the rankings episode coming up uh, in um, a couple weeks. That should be fun. It's going to be a lot of movies to talk about here. Season three, The Purge, is Ooh. is is come to the end. Here, Chris, you have some work to do. You have some yeah. movies you haven't well, seen. Some good ones, some not so good ones. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. Order um, will be important. <laughs> I'm interested to see where you guys have this stuff slotted because we really don't talk much about these until it. We, we, we keep ourselves uh, separate with it. So it should be fun. Guys, closing thoughts? Star is born to the one. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a should've, who should have won podcast. Really. It's my closing words. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed the movie, so uh, you you guys can all suck it. 
We can all go fuck ourselves. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Green book in mind. Yeah. Yes. Thanks for listening, everyone out there. For Chris G, for Joey R, I'm Kieran B. We will see you next time for the rankings, the end of season Holy three. Shit. The season three rankings. Can't wait for it. It's going to be a blast. Mm-hmm.